Well, it has been quite a long time since we released a podcast episode, and I am sorry about that. We've had numerous technical difficulties. We uh, recorded a good one, and the audio was messed up. Then we were booked in to do another one, and unfortunately, uh, Pete couldn't make it. Uh, Just one thing after the other. So I thought I'd better get an episode out to you. Um, So fair warning, it's a little bit different, this one. The first section is just me answering listeners' questions. Um, So I put a post up on Instagram and Facebook, which is where I put a lot of announcements, uh, just asking, you know, what do you want to hear covered? Lots of people submitted questions. And basically, the first section is me reading through these questions and answering them. Um, It's a we cover a wide range of topics many of them quite thought-provoking, so you might want to listen to that. You might want to give it a swerve if you just hate my voice, which I wouldn't blame you for. Um, so that's the the first kind of half of the podcast. The second half, I also put a, a post out on Instagram and Facebook and said, look, does anyone want to ask me a question live on a call? Um, so Ian Ian took, took me up on that offer. Um, Ian's a long-time listener. And actually, it turned out to be a bit more than a, a 10 minute uh, question, which is what I thought it would be. It turned into, I think it's about 40 minutes odd. Um, and it, it's, it, it, which is absolutely fine. You know, it's a pleasure chatting to Ian. Um, lots of different tangents, as you can imagine. But Ian asks me a few questions about um, some of the products that, that I'm producing and why I produce certain things and, and how I develop things. Um, we also talk about Scottish carp angling and he talks about psychology. It, we, we meander through several different topics. And talking of products, if you haven't seen already and if you don't follow us on Instagram or Facebook, you won't have. Um, so perhaps if you don't follow us, you might like to because I put a lot of announcements out on there. Um, I've uh, knocked up some very special hook baits limited time only that there's a set amount that i've made and there'll be no more produced and these are my tried and trusted recipes that i've been using for donkey's years and have caught me so many incredible carp throughout my carp in life real kind of um banker banker pop-ups i would call them ones that you can rely on so there is a plum and crab one which is in like a real nice washed out pink there's loads of other goodies in in the back end of that so to speak um scopex and black pepper is another one in a in a nice kind of dull yellow and then in like a a kind of ready lava kind of color there is pineapple and embuteric acid along with another carboxylic acid um which is a little bit different from your standard pineapple and MBA, but uh, just just very, very effective. So yeah, if you want to take advantage of those, uh, go ahead to our website, optibaits.com, O-P-T-I-Baits.com. I've actually just updated the website, so it should be a little bit more user-friendly. So go and have a snoop around that if you haven't done so already. And yeah, take advantage of them. Actually doing a bundle deal where you can get all three pots for a reduced price. So go ahead, check them out, optibates.com. Lastly, of course, this podcast is supported by the awesome BP Milling, who I'm sure you've all heard of, but they make incredibly sustainable fish feed and run a truly excellent YouTube channel. Um, Ben, the the main man at BP Milling, just did a fascinating video and very entertaining video, I must say, on algal blooms. 
Um, so definitely go ahead and check that out. Subscribe to his channel for future goodness. His videos are all based around what's happening in the current fishing season. So it's really quite interesting and I'm sure it will help you put some extra fish on the bank. So go ahead, check out BP Milling on YouTube. Just search BP Milling on YouTube. You'll find it. Um, some great content there. Make sure you subscribe. I know he's got some really cool videos coming out as well pretty soon. So you'll want to take advantage of those. That's it for the intro. Let's jump in to this episode. As I said, a little bit different from normal. You have been warned, but I hope you enjoy it nonetheless. Right, folks, before I start answering your questions, I will paint a picture as to, to what I'm doing or where I'm at. Um, I am by a lake, but it started hammering it down. Uh, so I've decided to, to run and take cover in my car. Uh, I'm not doing a night or anything like that, so I don't have a brolly set up. Um, I'm just sort of stealing a few hours. And uh, I've been fishing for about two hours, done some stalking, going to record this podcast and then hopefully get out on the bank for another hour or so um, before it gets dark and hopefully hopefully catch a carp. <clears throat> I've actually had one already, which I'm absolutely chuffed with. This is a low stock lake, um, so to catch one stalking is, is, a, is pretty damn good going, especially after only a few hours, so I'm really, really happy with that. Um, Hopefully I'll have one after I record this podcast. Uh, I am I am drinking. I am having a tipple of the episode. Uh, I'm having a few actually because I'm not driving today. So make the most of that. Um, I've got... I'm about three Heineken deep and one Madri. This is like a new beer. Well, I don't know if it's new, but I've, I've never seen it around before. Um, I've started seeing it. Um, so I've had, yeah, three Heinekens. I'm on... A Madri at the moment. Um, I've got a few more Madri and a few more Heineken. So yeah, I'll be well lubricated for this, I'm sure. As I've said, before anyone picks me up on it, I'm not driving. Um, so, you know, you don't need to, to message in angrily. Um, I don't drink drive. Don't agree with it. So don't worry about that. Right, let's get going into these questions. I probably won't get a chance to answer them all. Um, for those of you who don't know, these questions... Uh, have been submitted through our social media um, so basically sometimes what I'll do is uh, I'll put a, a story out on Instagram usually um, which will go to Facebook as well I think um, and I'll just say oh we're recording an episode what do you want us to cover and then people can comment and, and ask us questions and we can cover them that's how it works so if you if you don't follow us already then make sure you do um, Instagram is is where I'm most active uh, right, let's jump in. So, first question, how much do carp anglers overthink things? Uh, I would say a lot. Uh, well, do you know what, actually? I would say a lot, but then I would say also not enough. Um, I think in some some circumstances, you can definitely overanalyze and obsess about things that you know, probably aren't as important as they are made out to be in your head. Um, but I think other, other times, to be honest, I think anglers don't think about things enough. Um, <clears throat> it depends on the angler, of course, but, you know, a lot of people, and I try not to fish these ven venues, um, but a lot of people will go to a, um, a busy venue and, you know, sort of put a bucket behind someone who's fishing, wait to slot in that swim, 
ask them how they've been fishing, ask what's what's working on the venue, what's been coming out of where. I'm not knocking that, by the way. Um, absolutely crack on. If that is your thing, then go ahead and do your thing. Um, it's not for me. But I would say those anglers are probably not thinking about things enough on their own. They're just taking the information available and then using it. Um, and and you could you know you you could extrapolate that out through all of angling. Um, bait, you know, bait would be a good example. How many people just buy bait blindly um, and don't really think about what's in it and the application towards their water? They've just heard it's a good bait, it's catching fish, and and that's that. Um, and that's do you know what? I'm really contradicting myself here, but that that's probably enough for most scenarios. But sometimes, let's say you're you're targeting a particularly tricky water you might need to do something a little bit more creative with bait rather than just use the bait that you're dead confident in. Um, and don't get me wrong, you know, that, that obviously always go with what you're confident in. Um, there's a few boilies I'm really confident in. Of course, that's my go-to. Sometimes you need to think outside the box. Um, and I think anglers are often guilty of not thinking for themselves and not willing to take risks, not, not, not willing to to think of something outside of the box, have an idea, have that little spark and actually run with it, test it out and see if it works. A lot of the time, of course, it won't work. But then every now and then it will work really, really well. Um, and obviously it will pay dividends back. So, yeah, I, I would say both. To answer that question, you know, how much the question was, how much do carp anglers overthink? I would say on some occasions too much, on some occasions not enough. Uh, next question, base mixes, please. Do you know what? We are going to do an episode on that. We are going to dedicate, me and Pete, uh, uh, we're going to dedicate a whole episode to purely formulating a base mix. We're not going to pre-plan it. Um, we, we've said this to each other. You know, We're not going to go in with any preconceived ideas. We're literally just going to have a chat between us and come up with a base mix on the spot. Obviously, it won't be a proven recipe, um, but I thought... And we thought that would be quite a genuine way of doing it. So perhaps people can hear the logic behind making the the choices that we make. And perhaps it would just help teach people a little bit more um, of what our thought process would be behind formulating a bait. Um, so, yeah, we will cover that in another episode. Uh, next question, additives. I, I don't, I mean, we could do, a, I could do a podcast on additives for sure. Um, I wouldn't know where to start, <laughs> but thanks for the question anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Um, next question is stories of any guesting or dodgy places you have fished? Any confrontations? So many. So, so many, to be honest. So many, like, crazy things have happened on the bank, as it has to most of us. Um We've divulged a, f a few of them on previous episodes, but um, perhaps we'll have to do... Again, I feel like I'm not answering these questions at all. Um, I will answer one in depth in a minute, but um, perhaps we'll have to do another episode where we, uh, we go through all of, all of these dodgy, dodgy experiences that we've experienced and perhaps we'll re relay them all. Some of them we definitely can't. And there's a few springing to mind. There's no way I would publish, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, perhaps we'll have to do another episode like that. In fact, I think it's been a while since we've 
we've uh, spoken about anything like that. So yeah, I'll speak to Pete and we'll we'll see what we can do for that one. Um, next question: Your season so far? <clears throat> yeah, so slow is is the uh, the answer. Wow, actually, I had quite a few fish, luckily. Um, but slow in as much as I I don't feel like I've really got going yet. Um, I haven't been putting regular time in on the bank. It's difficult. I'm busy with with my my normal work. I'm also busy with Opti Baits, uh, which is the, the the little bait brand that that I set up. Um, there's so much testing that's going on at the minute. It's unreal. I am letting a lot of other people do a lot of the testing, which is good. It takes a lot of pressure off me. Um, but still, obviously, I have to test a lot myself. So I've been fishing lots in terms of testing things, products out. Um, but my actual... So, so the way I would do it... Sorry, I'm just, just sort of like giving a bit of background on this. The way I would do it is I would test a product or an idea or an item on like easier waters. And then if it shows good promise... Um, then build it up. Well, actually, before I test it on an easy water, I test it in my tank uh, and my ponds as well. Uh, if something showed promise, I'd go out and test it on a runs water, then test it on a slightly harder water, and then you know build it up onto to, to one of my proper waters, uh, which are low stock, etc. Um, but in terms of my actual own angling away from product testing, I haven't had that much uh, time to be honest with you. Um, my angling for for quite a while it's been this way it's been very very short um short sessions or you know sometimes stalking sometimes uh, you know i've been walking the lake i just have a good idea of where the carp will be so i'll i'll you know chuck them out for a few hours in an area i think they'll be um that kind of angling is just more and more the norm for me um which is to be honest even more important that my bait is absolutely on point so it's kind of nice, actually, in a weird way. Obviously, I'd love to be spending a few nights on the bank like I used to. But actually, I need to have everything down perfect because I have such little time available. So, you know, my presentation has to be spot on. Obviously, my location has to be absolutely perfect. My bait has to be as good as it possibly can be for that situation. Um, so... That has meant that I've had to be really on the ball with everything. And personally, I like that. Like, I like the challenge. Um, I think sometimes carp fishing can be quite easy, if I'm honest. The, and the, the only aspect of it that challenges you is the very low stock or you, whatever. That's a bit of a rabbit hole, you know. Don't, don't quote me on that one. But it's nice to have some different challenges up against me. Um, kind of enjoying that. But, you know, not going to lie. It would be lovely if I could do a few nights on the, on the bank every week. Um, unfortunately, I just don't have that that luxury. Um, so to sum up my season so far, it's early on in the season, early on in the year. Um, yeah, I've I've had some carp that I'm I'm very proud of catching and and feel very 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 happy to have caught. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully much much more to come. Uh, to be honest, I think it's going to be. Sh- short sessions for me most of this year i'm sure i'll do the odd night maybe once a month or so but i think in between that it's just going to be sort of four or five hour sessions as and where i can um which is good i think it keeps the sword sharp if i'm honest with you Um, but yeah that's my season so far next question is your hook baits in detail which to use where and over what types of bait 
I'll answer this fully in a in another episode. I'm not trying to just you know fob you all off, but we are going to do an episode purely on OptiBates uh, for those of you who want to know the the in depth info on on the products that I sell. Um, I don't want to just like seem like I'm spamming everyone in normal episodes, so I'll have a, a dedicated episode from that. And if no one's interested in my bait, you know, obviously don't listen to that episode. Um, so I will cover that just briefly for this, uh, which to use, where, over what types of bait. Um, I mean, at the moment that there's four main hook baits that we sell. Um, the Black Buku is based on our, you know, infamous black currant flavor. Uh, it's a dark bait. I'll be honest, I cannot I cannot see myself not having that on one rod for for the foreseeable future. Like it really is that good. Um that's great over over if you want a dark bait, you want it to, you know, be a bit more subtle, that's a great bait to choose. That being said, if you're fishing a dark bait, because it's very it's like deep purple uh kind of colour. Not really purple. That doesn't do it. It's like the colour of a of a of a blueberry. Really, think of that. It's similar to that. Very very dark. But if that's over a very sandy bottom, that's actually a, a highly visual bait. So people forget that. People think, oh, just what what it looks like to your naked eye, like a bright yellow one. That could be quite subtle over a real sandy lake bed. Something to think about maybe. Um, but yeah. So so in any instance that I wanted a darker bait, definitely I'd reach for them hands down hands down and it's just a phenomenal bait i would fish that as a single i'd fish it over bait i would fish it over a dark bottom to blend in i'd fish it over a brighter bottom to stick i, I just as i said uh, immense confidence in those black bukus they are just ridiculously good um the warlocks that that's our other very very popular bait more of a spring summer and autumn bait i wouldn't really use that in the winter um but just for the amount of fish that that is doing it is just ridiculous like it surprises me even and i know how good these baits are i wouldn't bring them out if they weren't um because i don't need to to bring any of these baits out i'm doing it for for passion and for all the reasons you'd want someone to do it for i definitely aren't doing it for money the, the i just lose money on in that company it owes me a lot of money um so yeah the warlocks are uh, just the the fish that it's producing it are absolutely phenomenal. Um, but I would definitely say that was one for the warmer weather uh, the, or the warmer water temperatures. Um, you fi again, fish it as a single or fish it over bait. Uh, a good hook bait should be able to be fished on its own or over bait. You know, it shouldn't matter. Um, if you get extremely over-flavoured baits, yeah, that can be... Can be uh, a bit of a hindrance when you're fishing over bait just because of the contrast um but then in some scenarios that can work well but anyway n none of our hook they're, they're strong but none of our hook baits are over flavored to that to that state um i would say so either or with that if i was to sling out a single hook bait it would be either the polar fruit or the tree fruit i would happily fish them over bait i do fish them over bait um that's not an issue at all but yeah as a more of a, a single hook bait approach i would choose the tree fruits or the polar fruits um probably edge towards the tree fruits in the in the warmer water temperatures and then in the winter i would definitely be going for the polar fruit uh, it's very very hard to beat in the cold water 
hopefully that helps. As I said, I will do an episode solely on all of the products that I sell just to give everyone that, that sort of real in-depth info on everything. Um, that will be coming up soon. Next question is type of bait in combination with rigs and feeding pattern, compact, spread, etc. Um, good question, I think. I'd like to, to ask you more about it and sort of really see what you mean. But I guess I'm reading between lines here, but type of bait in combination with rigs. Yeah, so I would, I would suit my rigs. I, I would change my rigs to suit my baiting approach, if that makes sense. So if I want to put a load of bait in a, in a small area, for argument's sake, or even if I wanted to fish a large area, but I wanted a lot of bait there and the baits would be close to each other. Generally, I'd have a, a shorter hook length, uh, hook length and I'd be fishing on the deck. Um, maybe a, a wafter. I don't really do wafters, to be honest. I might, you know, drill out a, a bottom bait and put a bit of cork in, but that's more unusual. Generally, I'm, I'm a bit of a simple creature. Um, I'll fish a bottom bait or a snowman which I guess is kind of wafts, um, or I'll fish a pop-up. Um, but yeah, if I've got that kind of, that, that close baiting spread, um, then I'll generally fish a bottom bait or a snowman. Then again, more often than not, actually, if I'm being honest, what I'll do is I'll, so I fish weedy waters. Um, so let's say this is all in a, a clear area. There's weed to the sides or a, a certain location near it. I'll often pop a uh, pop a hook bait in that weed generally on a choddy um so it's off of the area ideally what you want to do is 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 look at your carp feed i know you can't you don't always have that luxury i get that because they're fishing out further in the pond or there's no trees to cut whatever i get it but if you can and you can observe their patrol routes because they they're creatures of habit they will often come in on a certain line to feed and then dip off another way if you can put a bait just off of the area on one of those um movement lines then that can work very well because it just maybe they think it's like a rogue bait or something but i don't know in my experience that that just gets taken uh quite well um so yeah that that's something i definitely do so i will fish a pop-up over a tight baiting pattern um but yeah, if I'm if I'm really spreading a load of boilie around over a large area and there's decent amount of space between boilie to boilie, I mean I must say I think sometimes you can presume that the carp know exactly where they are, um, like that, and they're gonna just you envisage them dipping down onto each one, swimming a meter, dipping down, swimming another meter, dipping down. I think sometimes it's, they're not the baits aren't always as obvious as that. Um, so that can be a problem, but yeah, over that scenario, I would probably fish, um, a longer hook length and, or I would fish a pop-up depending on the situation. Um, it, it would all depend on the situation. So it's, it's hard to answer generally, but hopefully that answers, answers your question. Next question, fishing lifestyle balance. Yeah. Well, you tell me, I don't know. (laughs) I have yet to master it. Um, it's tough. Uh, I think, uh, you know, when I've been younger, I've just said sod it to everything else other than fishing and prioritised that. Um, but now I'm getting a bit older. Um, you know, I'm knocking on the door of 40 now. 
So I'm, I'd like to think I'm a little bit more sensible. And yeah, I, I prioritize everything. I, I look at my fishing as, as a luxury, not a right in my life, if that makes sense. You know, I feel like I have to earn my time out on the bank. I feel like I have to make sure I've got everything done with, with my work, with my home life, you know, make sure my, my partner's all taken care of and everything like that. The home's all good. And then if everything is, is okay, then I can go out and, and spend time on the bank. That's the way I see it at the moment. Um, I mean, I could do a lot more fishing, to be honest. Like my, my girlfriend's or fiance, I should say, like she's very supportive. You know, she, she would never um, roll her eyes or, or anything like that if I said I was going fishing, but just out of respect, I, uh, yeah, I make sure I handle my business before I get out on the bank. Um, but it can be hard to do. It really, really can. Next question is, are commons evolutionarily more developed than mirrors? Oof, good question. Um, in fact, I have, I've exchanged some messages with this guy, I believe. And uh, yeah, he knows his stuff. I believe he's in the BCSG. Uh, and I, I think he's a, a real thinker. But um, yeah, I'll do my best to answer. I'm, I'm definitely not <laughs> qualified to answer this. But I would say, so what's the question? Are commons evolutionarily more developed than mirrors? I would say no. Um, are they more, are they a, a more finely tuned bit of nature, for want of a better phrase? Are they more finely tuned beast? Yeah, I think they probably are. Um, but I don't think evolution always... I think first, I was probably answering this too in depth, so apologies, but I think first we've got to define evolution or at least define what angle of evolution you're looking at. Um, if you look at wolves and then you look at like a chihuahua, like that chihuahua has been bred and bred and bred from wolves eventually, you know, eventually gets to a chihuahua because of our selective breeding, etc. I believe mirrors are of a similar ilk although probably not as far along the, the lineage as a chihuahua compared to a wolf. Um, I mean, the monks bred carp, didn't they? Uh, and they selectively bred carp to have less scales on to, to make it more efficient to, to eat them. Um, pretty sure that, that that's what happened. Pretty sure that's the case. I'm definitely not a carp historian, but I believe that's what happened. So um, are they more advanced or more developed? No, I would say not. I would say commons are. I would say commons are more, more of a primal beast and maybe Miracarp are more domesticated. That's the way I see it. Um, yeah, if you're looking at it from through the lens of carp for food, then maybe you'd say, well, mirrors are more advanced because they're more efficient for our needs. They're easier to, to descale and cook, etc., um, it depends how you look at it, maybe. Uh, perhaps I'm reading into this question way too much. But yeah, I would say mirrors are less um, biologically adaptable. That's no, not the right way of saying it. Fumbling here. As I said, you know, three Heineken's fastly approaching the last of my last little bit of my uh, fourth madri um so brain's probably not working as well but yeah i would say yeah i would say i i put it this way 
you know, if if I wanted to be a carp, I wanted to be a wild animal that had my wits about me and I was going to survive in the very best way possible, I'd want to be a common carp rather than a mirror carp. I see mirror carp as more sort of, you know, dumbed down versions of, of common carp. Don't get me wrong, you know, please don't message in angrily. I love mirrors, don't get, you know, absolutely love mirrors. Um, and to be honest, you know, if, if I could, if I could choose the most scale perfect mirror compared to the next, the most scale perfect common, probably go for the mirror. Quite like mirrors, bit of a soft spot. But yeah, as far as evolution and uh, yeah, biological um, function, I think common carper have the edge. Uh, next question, additives and ingredients that you would not go without in a boilie and why? <sighs> Big question. So is there any ingredient I wouldn't be able to not put in a boilie? Um, no, I don't think there is. I don't, no, I don't think there's any one ingredient that I wouldn't, be able to live without. Uh, if, so let's say I'm rolling a feed bait. I mean, there's lots of things I like to do, but I, you know, if fish meals no longer existed, I would be very disappointed. But I could live without them. If milks never could no longer exist, I'd be very disappointed. But I could live without them. So yeah, I mean, flavors even like I sell flavors uh, through OptiBaits. Um, but even those, I'd happily roll a bait without a flavour. Um, that wouldn't be a problem at all. Um, so, yeah, difficult, difficult question, but actually it's quite an easy answer. I would say no. There is no one ingredient that I would not be able to live without. Um, no. No, not even flavours. Um, I mean, flavours even. I mean, well, put it this way. I wouldn't want to have a bait without amino acids in. Um, I wouldn't want to have a bait without organic acids in. I wouldn't want to have a bait without certain compounds in, but those amino acids, those compounds, etc., they could be fine in a multitude of different products. So again, perhaps I'm being a bit too over the top with my answers here. Um, but I think, you know, that you can always meet your needs. Um, flavors again, I mean, flavors are interesting. Um, people think, oh, so you're using that flavor because you want it to smell more fishy or you want it to smell fruity or whatever. But actually when you start looking at the composition of successful flavors, if you can, I mean, most people can't actually get the actual recipes for the actual flavors, but if you look at the really successful flavors, there is a theme there. And most flavors are absolutely worthless in a bait. I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, nine out of 10 flavors, absolute garbage, probably more than that actually. That, you know, it, it's not necessarily that when you include them, they're gonna make the bait worse, but they're not gonna enhance it at all. But there are a few flavors out there, quite a few, um, and they can seriously enhance any bait, whether that's a feed bait or a hook bait. Now, when you actually, you know, peel back the, the layers a little bit further and you look at the breakdown, the chemical breakdown of those flavors, 
quite a few of them have a uh, there's a few different things that i would look for um and all of the good very very best flavors have these things in common i'm not saying it's one thing because obviously um like a good cream flavor we sell a few that's going to have different qualities that are making that very effective compared to say um, more of a fishy flavor like our wizard that that that's very effective as well but it's working off a different mechanism um but yeah as i said that there's definite patterns between the there's definite patterns of of these really effective flavors and it's fascinating it's something i could speak i could speak on for a very long time and perhaps i need to do just like a solo episode solely on the makeup of flavors because it is freaking fascinating i think most people would switch off and not be interested i understand that um but perhaps i'll do an episode for, for those like real sort of geeky people that want to learn about it um but yes, to answer your question, there's there's no one thing that I would be like, oh, I can't roll a bait without that. No, nothing at all. Not even flavours, even though I sell them. Um, not happily roll a bait without flavour. Not an issue at all. Um, as I said, though, I'd be you know very disappointed you know, if I couldn't have amino acids, organic acids, um, nucleotides, things like that in a bait. But yeah, absolutely. But you can get those from a from a multitude of different places. Um, hopefully that answers your question next one what is it that inspires you to fish the lakes you do that's a really good question i think it's very different from from most of the questions we get to be honest these days um probably the surroundings the feel of the place I think when I was younger, it was about, well, obviously what's swimming in there? What carp can I, what, what carp do I want to target? But now I've got a bit older. Uh, I've caught, caught a lot of carp in my time. Not as, not as many as, as some people, of course, but I've caught a lot of carp. So now I, I value my time on the side of the lake just as much, if not more than the actual carp I'm catching. So, I mean, that being said, I couldn't fish for carp that I wasn't, drawn to you know i couldn't just just fish for mud pigs um even if they were in the most beautiful lake around i couldn't do that but in the same respect i couldn't fish for the most amazing carp if it was in not very nice surroundings so yeah i like quiet places you know <laughs> ideally don't we all but ideally um a lake where no other bugger is anywhere near you um you've got the place to yourself it's beautiful there's nature abundant there um, just the, the feel of a place we've all been to certain lakes and it just kind of conjures up something in you and it inspires you and it's just it just feels like an amazing place i like to fish those lakes obviously we can't do that all the time um but yeah i would say to answer your question what is it that inspires me to fish the lakes that i do the surroundings and of course the carp they have to kind of go hand in hand you know i, I like fishing low stock waters for ideally you know old fish that are you know slightly different from the norm that's what i like um but yeah location is number one i guess um next question wouldn't mind knowing what's in the new dust see how it affects my current bait yeah <laughs> i guess you mean the lust dust definitely not going to tell you what's in it uh it's a complex blend i will tell you that um it'll enhance any bait and uh, you can quote me on that that lust us will enhance any bait whether that's again feed baits or hook baits um that will really bring a lot to the party 
Um, I would any bait that I that I'd roll, I would use that in, hundred um, percent. But unfortunately, no, I'm I'm not going to tell you what's in it. Next question: Newbie guide to rolling HA pop-ups. People listening may benefit from it. Yeah, a newbie guide to rolling. Oh, high attract. I guess that is pop-ups. Yeah. Um, oof. Well, again, I feel like a guide would be a whole episode, but I'll give you a few key points. Uh, what would I say? Don't over-flavour them, you know, uh, a, la, a la John Baker. That's very much his message, you know, over-flavouring hook baits. Um, but at the same time, don't under-flavour them. It, it's, the the flavour levels on a hook bait, on a high-track hook bait, it's a funny thing. Some flavours you can actually go pretty damn high with, and other flavours you really can't. You're only really going to know that from either listening to someone else who's trialled it and they're being honest with you or by trialling it yourself. Um, so I just use my flavours, for example. Uh, the Strawbomo, it's very effective at low levels, but you can actually go quite high with it um, compared to, say, like our, uh, our um, like the Wizard. Uh, that's not going to be... T- if you start piling that stuff in... Let- let's say you wanted to make high-track hook baits and you used Strawbomo at 7 mil an egg. That's very strong. That that would catch well. I'd probably use it a bit weaker, but it would catch well at 7 mil per egg of the Strawbomo. If you put the Wizard in at 7 mil per egg, you're going to be repelling carp. You're going to have to wait till that hook bait is so washed out and by then you, you, you will have packed up and gone home. Um, so, yeah, it depends on the flavour. So don't over-flavor, but don't under-flavor. Whoever you buy your flavors off, speak to them. Send them an email. Send them a message on social media. They should, you know, value you enough to actually spend a bit of time with you. Uh, The only thing I would say is, like, ask good questions. Don't just be like, what level would you put this at? Because they're just going to give you a generic answer. But if you're like, look, I'm trying to make this hook bait. Don't want to make it too weak. Don't want to make it too strong. Um, Here's the rest of my mix. Here's the kind of lake I'm fishing. What do you think? Ask a good question like that. Uh, you know, any any brand worth their salt is going to come back to you with a detailed answer. Um, in addition to that, what else would I would say? Um, what was the question again? Newbie guide to rolling. Yeah, as a whole guide, it's probably in its own episode. But a few takeaways: don't underflavor, don't underflavor. Uh, sorry, don't overflavor, don't underflavor. But also, um, you know, think about the solubility. You want it to be have a decent amount of solubility. So you you want you know, it to be soluble, to break down, to leach off, be attractive, but obviously you don't want it to be too much so if you want that bait to remain intact in the water for any decent length of time. Um, so yeah, definitely pay good attention to the solubility. Uh, I think colour is really important as well. Um, contrast is the key, not the actual colour that we see. It's a bit of a rhyme there. But I said this earlier, don't just think, oh, I want a bright hook bait, so I'll sling out a yellow or a white when actually you're fishing over real pale sandy bottom and actually that's that blends in, not perfectly, but it it's not going to be as obvious as, say, a black hook bait over you know, very pale sandy gravel. So think about what you're fishing over as well. If you This question is specifically about high track hook bait, so think about the colour and think about the contrast of the hook bait against the background um, that you're fishing it. Other than that, as I said, probably needs its own episode. 
Next question is, start to base episodes specializing on certain ingredients tonight, yeast. Yeah, good idea, actually. Yeah, that is a good idea. Uh, too late for that now, because I've already waffled on about lots of things. But yeah, I like that idea. I'll have to put that in the uh, the memory bank. I'll have to write that down. Um, right, next question. New flavors and levels to use at. Kind of covered that already. I will cover everything in another podcast. Um, if anyone wants any help and guidance on you know our flavors and what levels to use them at, just, just send the message. Um, the more detail you can give me, the better... I can answer your question, to be honest, um, regarding flavor levels, etc. Just, just find me on social media. Instagram is the best, um, or email us. You can find that on the website. Yeah, just get hold of us, and and I'll, I'll answer any questions you have the best way possible. Um, base mix ingredients again. I'll cover that on another one. Uh, preparing particles. Thoughts on fermenting particles. Um, yeah, I do it. I, I like, yeah, I'm always in two minds about it. Most of the time when I use particles, I use them fresh these days, to be honest. I will use a bit of amylase. I've spoken about this before. Um, just kind of kick things off a little bit. Um, but I'd also happily use things fresh. In terms of fermenting, I like my tiger nuts to have, to have turned and gone all gloopy and sweet and sugary. Um, just at that stage before they get to the, the more vinegar, you don't want them at the vinegary stage. Um, but before that, I like them like that. Um, I think we're actually getting someone on to talk about fermentation soon. So I'll, I'll probably hang fire for that episode. But basic gist of my opinion of it, yes, I, I think they can be more effective than just fresh particles. Um, but I would still more than happy to use particles fresh uh next question new hook baits spring tips and tactics i'm partial to a good story as well yeah i need to get some stories out it just would feel a bit weird if i'm just you know relaying some stories all on my own uh, i need pete for that one but new hook baits, spring tips and tactics i mean we're on the run up to spawning aren't we um of course single high track hook baits work very well but soda's given them some food, given them a good quality bait, whether that's particles with extras added or a good old boilie. I like boilies. Um, but make sure you're giving them the full range of nutrients. I think this is so important. You know, it's not just about pro- protein. Is off- protein's a bit overrated um, in as much as everyone's on about protein, protein, protein. What about good quality fats? Uh, you know, w- what about your carbohydrates as well when they want to gain weight? Carbohydrates is more important than fat. Um, in a bait in in my firm opinion perhaps I can talk about that another time but yeah so so those are the macronutrients macronutrients are carbohydrates fats and protein make sure you've got those in the right ratios and make sure that they are bioavailable to the carp that's really important that would make up a good bait at any time of the year but I think it's especially important when those carp they know that spawning is coming up they know that they need extra in their body to go through the rigors of this biological strain because it's it's not an easy thing for the carp to spawn i'm not just on about thrashing around in the weed or the the reeds or whatever i'm on about it, it's biologically taxing the 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 males their testosterone goes through the roof they need energy to do that they have to produce sperm milk um lots of things happen to them for the females of course they have to populate 
hundreds and hundreds of thousands of eggs. You know, so they, they need the building blocks. What are the building blocks of life? Protein, fat in the myelin sheath and the cells. Like they need all of these different things. And of course, in addition to the, the macronutrients, they need the micronutrients. They need the minerals. They need the vitamins. So I would say give them something that they need. That, that I think most animals are, are much more in tune with their bodies than we are. I think they seek out and they know what they need. And they, when they eat it, they know if it's good for them or not. So yeah, give them good bait. That'll be uh, number one for this time of year. Um, make sure you fish where they are. Um, probably worth saying, don't fish for carp that are looking like they're going to spawn or are spawning. Leave them to it and let them recover after as well. Really, really important. Um, some of us fish for very old carp and they really need time to recover. I like this whole rule of shutting lakes for, for weeks and weeks. I think it's good. Um, I think it's pretty essential, really, if we want to look after them best way possible. Um, so yeah, that would be that would be my last word on that front. Um, but well, actually, no, I'll add to that. As always, doesn't matter the time of the year. Um, find the fish, like find the fish first. I will, as I mentioned earlier, I do a lot of um, short sessions. You know, maybe sometimes only two hours, or three hours, or four hours, or five hours. There's no point me just rocking up, lobbing the rods out where it looks good. Yep, sit back and freaking chill. Like, no, I need to be on those fish. Yes, I do that sometimes, but that's only if I've been walking the lake. I feel like I'm in tune with the lake and I feel like I really know where the carp will be. Otherwise, I'm there, I'm walking, I'm looking, I'm climbing, and I'm just tirelessly looking for signs of carp. You must find the carp. It is the most important thing. You have the best bait, the best rig best everything in the world but if you are not where the carp are and ideally want to feed then you're just wasting your time so yeah i spend a, i spend a lot of time on that um and that would that would be a tip for you um well i got excited there and i've like closed everything off uh here we go back to a new hook mate so yeah i've done that one next one um nucleotides that's all the message says yeah use them that is what I'll say to nucleotides. Actually really fascinating. Um, and I've started using them in single form um, or playing around with using them in single form. Yeah, nucleotides, probably underrated. Uh, probably a lot of people don't really know what they are, what they do, but yeah. Um, spend, if you are, I don't know who you are. Sorry, I don't know if, we're probably, I don't know if we've spoken or not. Uh, I don't recognize, I can't get your actual name here. Just by these responses, I just get your username. Um, but yeah, if you are into bait, then yeah, explore nucleotides. Absolutely. There is a lot of mileage in them. Next question is your thoughts on the best attractors from supermarkets versus bait firms and the carp tax. Yeah. I mean, you can make a great bait from the supermarket without a shadow of a doubt. Um, few things that spring to mind. I mean, Marmite, number one, I'm just gonna have a swig of beer a minute. My mouth is drying out. Um, excuse me. Yeah, Marmite, very, very good, very underrated. Vcon as well. I don't think you can get that in supermarkets now. Um, those. I mean, look, there's a whole host of things in the supermarket that is good. Sweet corn, even. Let's keep. Let's let's keep it simple. You know, sweet corn. Really good bait, isn't it? It's like pretty hard to to beat. Um, 
I could, I could, I'm working on a bait, uh, a boilie that's very effective. Um, very, very effective, to be honest with you. And uh, I'm quite confident I won't go into it too much. Who knows? Maybe I'll produce it one day. It will be really expensive based on milks. Uh, but I think it has the ability to to really produce the results sometimes. But, I mean, as good as I think that is, um, I could be out fishing on sweet corn sometimes. You know, because sweet corn is just that freaking good. Or uh, Kenny Gates rolls phenomenal baits. Huge, huge advocate of Kenny Gates and his baits uh, from Bait Asylum. Um, his R1, super confident in that. If I want to fish, like that's just such a good bait. But I bet on some occasions, Sweetcorn will outfish it. No offense to you, Kenny, if you're listening. Um, it's just the way it is sometimes. You don't know what the carp want on that given day. And something like Sweetcorn can be really good. Don't get me wrong, if I had to use one, Kenny's bait or Sweetcorn, I'm definitely choosing Kenny's. Um, I'm just saying, you know, um, it has its place. That would be a good one. Uh, you can get brewer's yeast from the supermarket. Really, really good additive. Um, fish sauces, really, really good. Th- there's lots of different things um, that you can get from a supermarket. Um, I don't really know if I'm answering your question or not. Let me just read it again. Your thoughts on the best attractors from supermarkets versus bait firms and cut tax. Yeah, so I will say this. Um, I think... There's better things available from bait firms than there are from the supermarket. Um, not just saying that because of mine. Um, take British Aquafeeds. I don't think there's anything in the supermarket that you couldn't get the equivalent of from British Aquafeeds that would probably be better. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's hard to draw parallels like that. But if I could only do one... Um, bait firms or supermarkets i would choose bait firms 100 percent. but that being said if you're on a budget or you just don't want to buy from bait firms yeah lots in the supermarkets you know crack on and and uh, yeah you'll catch carp for sure it's a good question i feel like i should probably explore that more um but yeah maybe i'll wait for pete um, he's a bit of a tight-fisted fucker so he's probably more cleared up on what's available uh, from supermarkets at the minute um next question we're getting through these pretty quick actually there's not that much left um i'm sure you'll be pleased to know because it's probably a little bit weird just listening to me kind of talking to myself um next question is hnv sorry hnv theory is always interesting yeah it is um i don't know where to go with that i'd want to ask you you know, what your thoughts are and where you are coming from with that question. Um, But yes, the HNV theory is always interesting. Do I 100% buy into it? I think you've got to define what the HNV theory is. Is it that your bait is going to be best if it supplies the carp with everything that they need? No, I don't actually subscribe to that. I think if it did provide everything they need, I'm not saying that would be an ineffective bait. I'm sure that would be a freaking great bait. But I think you could probably better it. Um, What am I trying to say? I think you could make a better bait that actually doesn't tick every single box that they need. And I just think it would be better through different means, um, if that makes sense. Beers are well and truly kicking in, by the way. Um, 
but yeah, I certainly, uh, for what it's worth, I certainly subscribe to the thought process of carp need high quality food um, in order to be really switched on and eat it with gusto. That being said, you know, there's going to be some people listening. Well, you just said about sweet corn and that's not nutritionally complete and all that. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Look, they're going to eat all sorts. They're going to eat goose shit, um, for God's sake, which actually is actually very, very beneficial to carp. Um, you know, protein chains are broken down, etc., etc. You get my point, though. Um, they will eat all sorts. Uh, but... Yeah, for me, for me at the minute, um, I'm looking into um, like oxidative damage and different stresses that the fish experience in their lifespan and providing them with nutrients and the tools to help combat these stresses. I find this side of things fascinating. I've never heard anyone else talk about it. I'm not saying that to say, oh, look at me, you know, I'm weird. I'm not saying that at all. It's just, I think it's probably a new area that hasn't really been explored. I'm sure you'll get some clever dick bait manufacturer saying, oh, no, actually we do because, you know, I, I don't think they do, though. I think they're just saying that. And what are they going to come with? Oh, we add spirulina because, yeah, no, come on. There's more to it than that. Um, I think there's, uh, there's some very interesting stuff out there. Um, polyphenols, antioxidants. There, there's a... I'll probably like go into this at, in more depth at a later date just because I'm still doing lots of work on it. But um, yeah, the, I spoke about this on a previous episode, but the most uh, attractive thing I've ever put in front of a carp happened recently. And I am putting it down to the compounds that are in it. Um, and don't get me wrong, I think, like, just judging by the reaction of it, there must, the carp must have receptors that that can obviously recept it um, and, and acknowledge what it is. But I just see that it just, it's got to be also linked to what, like, the biological effect of, of this substance. It has to be. It just has to be, in my mind. Again, I might prove myself wrong or, you know, I might just be wrong. Um, but, but this substance is ridiculously attractive to carp, to a ridiculous point. Um, me and Pete have spoken about this a little bit before. Obviously we use it in a few of our products. Um, but yeah, I just see that that has to be tied to these substances that I've just spoken about. Um, and the carp knowing what is good for them, um, and, and probably crying out for certain, you know, gene repair, cell repair. Um, just because of the way that they, they live. Uh, so yeah, anyway, we'll probably get a little bit too deep there, but yeah, I definitely, I buy into the whole HNV thing. I just think, uh, maybe it's, there's different ways to interpret it. Uh, next question. Do you rate the beef liver powder that AA bait sell? It's spray dried, I believe. Is it worth using? I did not know that AA bait sold beef liver powder. Um, if they do... They should be saying that it's just for hook baits because you can't actually use bova you can't use beef products um, as feed for fish in this country. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Do I rate beef liver? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's freaking a very good ingredient. Get a good quality um, beef liver powder. Yes, very, very good. 
hydrolyzed beef, superb. Um, but I have no experience with the AA Bates one, so I couldn't comment, to be honest with you. Um, apologies about that. Test it out. Let the carp tell you. That's, that's what I would say. Uh, or send me some. <laughs> I'll probably look them up. I'll probably order some, actually, and I'll, I'll test it out. Uh, maybe ask me again uh, at a later date. Next question. What's the upper limit of soluble ingredients you can get away with in a base mix before it doesn't roll? Depends what else is in it. Um, so if if the rest of the mix is, is uh, packed out with very hygroscopic ingredients or ingredients that are, that, that are basically going to allow you to get away with more solubles then you're obviously going to get away with more solubles so yeah the, there is no set number there's no set percentage of the mix that you cannot exceed it would depend on the rest of the mix um, and then to a degree it will depend on boiling time um, air drying time etc uh, percentage of eggs I say percentage of eggs because most of us add a lot of liquids to the eggs nowadays uh, obviously that you know depending on what you're adding to the eggs you know most of the time it's going to reduce the binding capability and yeah there's so many variables in there that unfortunately that's a hard question to answer without a bit more context um, so yeah hope, hopefully that answers it enough though uh, next question, when creating a milk protein base mix, what ingredients and percentages? Um, good question, but I'm not going to just like give away my mix to you um, because I'm working on a milk protein right now. So yeah, bad timing for you, unfortunately. Sorry, but obviously I don't want to let away, don't want to give away too much. Um, but let's see what I can answer. What ingredient and milk protein, what percent, what ingredients and percentages? Uh, I mean, there's there's some milks that I think you really wanna really want in there. Um, WPC80 would be one of them. Calcium casinate would be another one. Um, personally, I like rennet casein casein as well. Um, lactalbumin. If you could get the proper lactalbumin, then yeah, I would have that in there. But the fact is, you can't. There are there are bait companies now. You go on their website, look for lactalbumin, you'll find it. And I get messages all the time about lactalbumin. Do you rate this lactalbumin? Do you rate that one? The answer is no, I don't. Yeah. If you want to actually find out how much proper lactalbumin costs, go onto the Sigma Oldrich website. Um, it's like, I don't know, a thousand pounds for 50 grams or something ridiculous. It's probably not quite that much. Um, but it's a lot. It is a lot. So yeah, unfortunately you cannot get proper lactalbumin as we used to know it anymore. It's just not available. But if it was, then hell yeah, I would be using that stuff. Um, I just won't use it at the just ridiculous price that it's at. Um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, get, go with your rennet. Go with your calcium casinate. Go with your WPC80. Um, go with, you know, lower level of hydrolyzed milk as well. Go to uh, myprotein.com. They sell a good hydrolyzed milk powder. Um, start with those. Play with the levels. Get, get the carbohydrates in there as well. Um, get a little bit of honey. Seems to work very, very synergistically as well. Good quality honey. Um, 
really enhances a, a mix. I'm learning more and more about honey all the time, but in a good quality milk protein bait, just from what I'm I'm seeing, I think honey really does enhance it. And I've been using honey for quite a long time. I spoke about it briefly on the John Baker podcast. I think I spoke about it with him more off air, but funnily enough, I'd been doing a lot with honey. John had been doing a bit with honey and yeah, I, yeah, it's interesting stuff. Um, Manuka is great. I use Manuka in OptiBaits, in our hook baits. Um, it's expensive to get the, the very good quality stuff, but it's worth it. But you don't even need to use that. Just get a good quality raw honey local to yourself. Um, and yeah, I would say good addition to a milk protein bait. As I said, get your carbohydrates in there as well. well obviously, you've got sugar in the honey. That is carbohydrate fructose glucose um but yeah get uh, get your other carbohydrates in there as well um bread will work well in there as well i know people shit over breadcrumb in baits actually it can be very functional um sorry functional it can serve a good purpose and yeah i would have i would i would have breadcrumb and honey in a in a very high milk protein bait and some other things and yeah as i said i don't want to give the game away too much but um it's not always the most expensive ingredients that really make a big difference i will say that i know i've just mentioned manuka honey which is bloody expensive and the milk proteins are expensive i get that kind of contradicts myself um but yeah look look at the bigger picture that that's what i would say it's probably all i want to give away right now I'll probably go into it a bit more i'll tell you what actually uh, when me and Pete come on an episode to formulate a base mix, I'm sure we'll do a milk protein one. So I'll probably answer this much more efficiently in that episode. Uh, just going to swig on my beer once more. Sorry, it's probably like a real faux pas. It's probably like going against podcast etiquette for me to be knocking back a beer. Like whilst I'm on a solo episode, you have to... You have to sit there and listen to me drinking, which I'm sure sounds disgusting. Um, just cracking another beer. Apologies about that, but um, I've got, got to stay lubricated, right? Um, just just, just open up another Madri, so I'll get that going, and I will lead on to the next question. Um, I don't want to, by the way, Normally I'd edit shit like this out, but uh, tight on time, so <clears throat> I, I won't be editing this. So unfortunately, you just got to listen to me swig beer in between these questions. Um, the next question is again: um, fermenting particles. Is this the way to go? Yes or no? So another question on particles. Um, yeah, it can be. As I, I kind of answered this before, yeah, it can be the way to go. It can really switch the carp on. I actually know a very good angler who um, who pretty much exclusively fishes with fermented particle doesn't really use much else at all um and he catches a lot of fish i think he's a very good angler anyway i think you could give him a, a pretty average bait and it'd still catch a lot of fish but yeah i think there's something in the fermenting as i said though happy to use fresh um i like groats not many people use groats anymore but groats and peanuts that's a very good combination that's that's hard to uh hard to beat in the right situation um but i'll use those fresh 
Um, I'm happy to, to let my, my peanuts turn a little bit. Um, but compare that to something like tiger nuts, I like them gloopy. Um, um, it's just the way I do. Pigeon conditioner, you know, I, 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 like, I like that a little bit older um, rather than fresh. But again, I'll use it fresh. Um, perhaps we'll do a podcast on this. Um, actually, recently I've got a fair few questions about f- fermenting particles. And I don't know why. Obviously, I've had two questions on this podcast. I had some people message in about it as well. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if there's something out there in the media at the minute. There must be. But uh, it seems to be getting a bit of interest at the minute. So it's interesting. Uh, next question is, on top of the silt, uh, away from the silt or deep in the silt? Um depends on the situation i will happily chuck a rig right in the silt in deep silt if i think the fish feed there um i mean i used to used to fish a lake back in cornwall and the carp that there was kind of more gravelly areas of the lake there was weedy areas of the lake and there was more like silt gullies there isn't lots of lakes but there was a lot of silt in a certain area of this lake it's quite unique in that aspect really um I know there's. I know some lakes have a lot more silt in certain areas. I'm not saying that, but the lake was quite unique. Um, some of those fish clearly fed in the silt a lot, and they had stained lips, um, and inside of their mouth was stained, um, I believe, from from the silt. And you could tell which ones fed in the silt, and which ones didn't. Um, so yeah, I will fish in the silt. I'll fish in deep silt if I think they're really getting their heads in there. Um, I'll also avoid it if I think that's the thing to do. Again, it's all circumstantial. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's much help to you or not. As I said, I fish in the weed a lot. I fish weedy lakes and everyone's looking for the clear spots. You know, let's get you know, three on the spot. Let's get the clear spots and, and all that shit. And I'm, I don't, I'm not meaning to mock them. That's a bit mean, but I get why they're doing that. Because a lot of fish get caught like that. But fishing, yeah, be confident fishing in the weed. Or fishing in the silt, you know, uh, go against the grain a little bit. As long as the rig is presented in a way that isn't going to, you know, terrify the carp, it, you know, if they have to like run their face over your main line in order to find your rig, probably not going to end well for you. Um, if they can't suck the actual hook and the bait into their mouth, excuse that, was a car just going past, I don't know if you hear that. If they can't actually get it in their mouth because it's tangled up in weed, yeah, it's not going to go well for you. But that aside, if you can present it okay, whether it's silt, weed, whatever, then go a little bit different. Do something a little bit different from the norm. Um, if you think it'll work, you know, don't don't just do something different for the sake of it. Cause it's kind of stupid, you know. Don't 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 start fishing ten-inch pop-ups popped up off the lead two foot. Maybe it'll work. Probably not going to. Probably a little bit too blatant. I don't know, actually. Maybe we work really well. Who knows? But don't just go super different for the sake of it. But if you think there's actually some merit in it, then go for it. Um, how many food items randomly get held up in weed, dotted around the lake? Loads. How many carp just suck those odd items in, you know, with, with more confidence than they would do a freshly baited spot? You know, some of these lakes that get fished regularly, they're small venues. Um... The f- or, or, or at least the fish will stay in an area. They know what's in the area. 
You know, you, you chuck a load of bait out, you spot a load of bait out, um, they come back on their patrol hour or so later. They know that's just freshly been stoved in and maybe that's going to, maybe not, but maybe it's going to raise some alarm bells in them. Whereas, what about like a, a strategically placed single bait in the weed on a patrol path? Do you not think that's going to get taken a little bit more confidently because they're used to seeing baits popped around? It's just a different scenario for them. And obviously you want to conceal your line the best way possible, etc. But if you can get away with it, I think um, I think there's a lot of mileage in that. And that's why I spend a lot of time doing it. And again, as I said earlier, I don't have much time now. I, I, I don't have enough time to fuck about and get it wrong. So I'm only doing things that I really, truly believe will get me a bite. And, and obviously, um, yeah, that, that's why I'm sharing that piece of advice with you. I think it makes a big difference for me. Um, right, next question. Let me have a bit, bit more beer. I went so long without drink, without having a sip of beer, just like answering your questions nonstop, and it just really dried my mouth out. And now I feel like I'm overcompensating for it. Um, a little bit more beer. Next question. So. Next question is, um, <clears throat> you can only fish over bait, you can only fish over bait for the rest of your life, or you can only fish singles, single hook baits for the rest of your life. What do you choose, and which type of choice do you make? Uh, as in baits, or, and then the message cuts off. Okay. So, okay, so I think he's asking, uh, you can only, I, could I, what would I choose? I could only fish single hook baits or I could only fish over bait. And then depending on my answer, I think he wants to know what, what particular choice I'd make. Okay. Um, God damn it. That's a fucking horrible question. Only fish single hook baits or only fish over bait? I mean, the, the little clever dick in me would say, well, how much is over bait? Um, because that could be 10 kilos or that could be a tiny little, you know, stringer or something. Um, but let's just say you mean, you know, a decent amount of half a kilo or more. Um, oh, my God. Ooh. Um, I would, well, I suppose fish over bait, I guess, painfully have to say that purely because I do a lot of stalking, as I said, um, a lot of sh short session angling. So I'll, I'll get to the lake, I'll walk around, I'll look intently, but I'll try and find the fish, but I'll also prime a few spots in the, in the margin. Um, so I obviously take bait with me a likely looking spot i will put a bit of bait in walk around put a bit of bait in another spot and i'll go do the rounds um and the amount of times that you walk back around and there's a carp on your spot uh or near your spot and and then i'll obviously i'll then okay right there's carp there is that a carp i'd like to catch yes okay then i'm going to go about you know maybe putting more bait in maybe not but setting my trap and trying to catch it without it knowing that i'm there um is it a carp i don't want to catch well, then I need to make the call. Well, is there another carp near it that I probably want to catch or not? 
If not, then I'll go somewhere else. Anyway, you get the idea. Um, but a lot of my angling is spent, you know, priming spots. So I would have to say fishing over a bait um, rather than fishing singles. And I think he's trying to ask... Instagram only gives you a certain amount of room and the message cuts out. I cannot read what else you've written. Um, but I think you're asking, what what would I use? Uh, so if it was singles, what single hook bait would I use? If it's bait, what, what bait would I use? Um, God damn it, again, that's difficult. What bait would I use for stalking if I could only use one? I would choose a boilie because I could fish it as a boilie I could fish a boiling on the hair for this nuisance species, um, but I could also break it up into, you know, so it's kind of like ground bait or a, like a powder mix. Um, or I could, you know, break it up in small pieces so it's like pellet-sized pieces. I just think a boilie is is versatile, isn't it? Um, whereas like a, a pellet, I, I fish, I, I'll stalk with pellets a lot. Um, or, you know, ground bait. I'm developing a few ground baits at the minute. They're ridiculously good. Um, but they're not as versatile as a boilie. A boilie, you could make in, you can make boilies into ground bait. You can break them up small so they're kind of like pellet size. You can do so much with them. So, yeah, if, it, I'd, I, if I had to choose, I would choose uh, fish over bait and I would choose a good quality boilie. If you're going to ask what boilie would that be, well, I fish all year round. And I love my winter carp fishing, so... A good quality, oh, fuck me, yeah, it'd be difficult. A good quality, um, fairly rich carbohydrate-based bait with low-level milks and, and a bit of pre-digested in, probably. But I probably need to expand on that a bit more. But, yeah, that, that's the kind of bait I would I'd probably go for, purely because I enjoy fishing all year round. Um, and I so another kind of facet of my angling is i do bait up areas i do stove the bait and i do get carp on my bait i think that helps as well and, and i'd want a boilie i could do that with so yeah anyway anyway hopefully that that answers the question um so next question is have you ever used honey bee pollen in your fishing what are your thoughts on it mm. no well not to a degree that I feel I could sit here and, you know, talk about it with authority. Um, so, no, at this stage, yes, I have used it. Um, I don't think I've, I've uh, I don't think I'm, I'm in a position to, to really spill too much on it um, because I haven't used it enough. That's not because it's like a secret thing I'm working on. Definitely not. <clears throat> um, but I just think, uh, yeah, I'm probably not. Probably not experienced enough in it to, to really comment on it. Uh, but I think it's an interesting thing, for sure. Right, next question. Uh, I think there is, yeah, there is two more questions, okay? Um, oh, no, there isn't. There's, yeah, okay. Oh, no, sorry, I pulled this up. I've gone back to the beginning. Uh, right, okay. Next question is, right. Oh, again, tips on fermentation. E.g. getting tigers gloopy as fuck analyze um so analyze okay what do you mean uh tips on fermentation well you keep them warm yeah again we're going to do an episode on ferment fermented particles and things um so i'll probably save it for that um 
analyze. Does he, I don't know if this guy means amylase. Um, I've spoken about amylase a bit before. Yeah, I use it. Amylase is an enzyme. Um, it's a, a, a carbohydrate splitting enzyme. Excuse me, a bit burpy. Um, and yeah, it's not going to directly ferment the uh, the material, the, the particle. Um, but it's going to split thing. It's going to break up the carbohydrate chains. Um, and then, yeah, therefore they could be fermented more efficiently, I guess. Um, it, all it's doing is, is turning starches into sugars. But then obviously sugars are, are poignant in the fermentation process. So yeah, in a roundabout way, amylase is, is going to help that process. But don't think adding in amylase, if he means amylase, I don't know if he means amylase or analyze, let's just presume he means amylase. Don't think that just chucking some amylase in, in your bucket of, uh, of groats is going to mean that it's just going to ferment straight away. It doesn't work like that. Um, it's, a, it's a process, but it's a key post process in the breaking down of it. Now, why is fermentation uh, potentially uh, a good thing? Because compounds are broken down into more singular compounds, um, which, you know, some would say are, are easily, easily, it's not a word, but more easily detected by carp um, or more attractive to carp. And they're going to be picked up on more efficiently um, with more favorability. And they're obviously going to get fed upon more efficiently. That's basically it. That's basically why people want to ferment things. They think it's more attractive. Um, there's a lot of people on Facebook in these Facebook groups that like they create their own quote unquote hydros. You know, people going mad for this. I mean, I'm not, I'm not poo pooing those people, you know, I don't want to offend anyone. Um, I think it's great. You're so passionate, but you're not creating hydrolysates. You're kind of fermenting things kind of and that's that and there's nothing wrong with that and i'm sure some of them are very good um there's a facebook group uh with a lot of bait enthusiasts on called homemade bait buffs and i tried to when i very first joined a couple of years ago now i saw all this like this uh this homemade hydro shit and i immediately realized well then this is not what they think it is Tried to put that point across, fell on deaf ears, offended some people. Um, a few people were quite rude about it because obviously they're very passionate about their homemade hydros. But really what you're doing is you're fermenting stuff, boys. Um, I said this ever since I joined these groups and we've had a few guests on since that have, that have you know, agreed with me. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, probably worthwhile doing uh, if it's ultimately, you know, like Bill like Bill Cotton always says, let the carp tell you, you know, um, or was it Bill or was it Dean Towie? One of those two people. Uh, let the carp tell you, let the carp tell you what is working. And does it really matter? Does it, if you're a real science guy and you need to know why, then yes, it matters. But if you just want to put more fish on the bank, does it matter that your homemade hydro, is it hydrolysate? Uh, yeah, possibly technically, but is it a hydrolysate in the way you're thinking of? Probably not. But if it's working for you and it's making you catch more fish, does it even matter? No, it probably doesn't. Um, that is what I would say. I don't even know if I answer that question. Um, I can't even remember what that question was, to be honest. Let me go back, make sure. Um, tips on fermentation. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So hopefully I've answered that.
Um, folks, I think this is pretty much it now. Um, the last question isn't really a question, it's more of a statement, so I won't cover that. Um, I'm feeling, the, the beer has got to me, I'm definitely feeling it, so I think I'm going to round it up here. Uh, as I said, a bit of a different episode, a bit weird, it's just me on my own, talking into the, to the little microphone I've got here. Um, the audio quality is probably shit compared to what it is usually. The whole podcast is probably a bit weird. If you're still listening to this now, you're probably one of the few and far between people that have like stuck this out because I imagine this is just bad listening. Um, but if you are listening now, congratulations. Um, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And yeah, uh, we still love this podcast. This podcast will still be running um, for the foreseeable future for a long time. We love it. Please don't think because we haven't put an episode out for a while that we're going to give it up or don't think because Pete isn't doing the bait side of stuff with me anymore that we're not going to continue the bait or the podcast. We absolutely are. It's just I was doing all of the bait stuff anyway, the developing and everything. Pete wasn't having as much of a hand in it as as either of us wanted and he doesn't have the time to so it's just a natural thing it's not that we're gonna like you know stop doing the podcast I know some people will think all right well Pete stepped away from the bait and now he's not turning up on the podcast this is the beginning I know that and I know that because I've had messages like that already Um, but nothing could be further from the truth it is just a case of time and circumstance Um, so yeah please don't worry we're here to stay. We will be having more episodes coming out to you in the near future. Um, I'm not sure what they will be yet. I probably need to get back on the ball and uh, get contacting some people that we would like to see on our show. If you have any suggestions, or better yet, you have any contacts of people that you think would make a genuine good guest, then please let us know. That's it. Stay tuned. If you want uh, any bait, any good quality bait, any bait that's made with passion. Um, as I said, I, I offer flavors, hook baits, and some other bits of powders and potions. And uh, every single one of them is is genuinely crafted with a lot of love. And I truly believe in every single one of them. Um, so if you if you want to look at the products that I have to offer, go to optibaits.com. That's O-P-T-I baits.com. Have a look at what I have to offer. If some of it takes your fancy, then go ahead, get it, buy it. Super confident in it. Um, If you think, actually, this isn't for me, obviously, don't buy it. Uh, You know, no hard feelings. But um, yeah, I hope it will help some of you put the carp of your dreams on the bank for you. That's it for this episode. Stay tuned. We will be back. Much love. Thank you for supporting us. And I look forward to chatting to you again very soon. You're a, t- you're a teacher, right? Yeah, that's right. I'm a secondary school teacher. Yeah. Um, so I, I teach philosophy and psychology, um, which is, a, I'm, at, I'm at a rare advantage. that I, I can talk about um, basically all sorts of stuff. Um, the, the psychology is a prescribed course, but I can I can kind of put the philosophy of psychology behind that uh, and explain things in all sorts of different terms. It's, it's really quite a popular course because you can imagine people do want to learn about themselves. You know, they're absolutely fascinated and um, 
you know, how you know, how does behaviour work, and, and why is it we do the things we do? Mm. Um, you know, one of one of my opening, we are going away off this. You know, the, the nature of Cap Chronicles are tangents, and I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> That's and, you know, I, and you know what's up? I'm going to enjoy it for what it is because I, I listen to you guys, and I'm just going to get involved in it as well. But one of the right. one of the first things I introduced to the psychology class, and these are these are almost like almost like pre-adults, so that's like 17, 18 year olds. Yeah. And I said, what sort of you know, what ask, what sort of behavior would you see when, you know, when 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 adults are filling up um filling up their petrol at a petrol station? You know, what would be the difference? And they go through, you know, like maybe people a bit hesitant or worried about the queue. And I says, well what about when they're actually, you know, putting that nozzle in, you know, into the into the petrol cap. I'm gonna listen back. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen back to this salmon thing. You know, if you keep this all, like, I'll leave it in then. What was, what was I talking about there? What's this got to do? And one of the thing, and one of the things we eventually get there. I give them so many clues. Well, tell you what, tell you what. I'll ask you because you're an intelligent guy, right? What what are one of the differences? You know, you could do from a psychological perspective um, when people are, are are in the process of filling up the car with petrol that's the actual putting the nozzle in and then something happens you know how could you how could you deter- determine behavior there right okay wow hang on hang on slow down what what's what's the question what what's the question, question is the question is how could we identify and differentiate behavior different behaviors when someone or when people that's a plural are, are filling up and in the process of putting petrol in the car. What would you observe? What might be a difference between people? Because okay. it's like I'm in, class. I'm in class. You are, you are. I feel like I'm in class. I feel you, I'm like transported back. Um, okay, what I would imagine some people will be intently watch it. So what, once the nozzle's in, this podcast is weird, isn't it? Once the nozzle's in and they're filling it up, <laughs> That I would imagine some people would be intently looking at the the money or the liters clicking up. Yeah, very good. Why? I imagine. Why would some... they do that? Okay, why would they do that? Um, because they have a, a set amount they want to spend, or they're money conscious, or okay. they're money subconscious, maybe. Yeah, that's um, fine. I'm just spinning out the lesson a little bit here because yeah. I'm thinking about what I'm doing at lunchtime. So right now we move on to okay. So let's differentiate a little bit. What about yeah. the act of removing the nozzle? How could we differentiate in behaviours there? And this is the crucial point I work up to. And this is the sort of thing I get to talk about a lot in school. So with the removal, Jesus man, I don't know. It's, well, other, okay. pe- other people would have been looking off into space or thinking about things whilst it fills up. So, but at the point of removal of the nozzle, well, some people you... are going to shake. Yes, good. Give it a little, a little jiggle. I'm a jiggler for sure. I give it a shake. Who, who's going to do that? Is it men? Yes. Really? Yes. Is that where you're going with it? Yeah, that's 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 the observation, and I start them off with that, and I, and I try to give them this is. It's almost like a core behavior in humans. And if they can associate with that basic, and of course they have terrible trouble, you know, mentioning the shake part of it. You just went for it because you're, you know, you're just a man of the world. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, And that's it. And if we look, you know, if we look at this, you know, as a basic behavior, you know, the shake of the, and I I catch myself doing it all the time, mainly because I'm a bit thrifty and I want to get as much out of that nozzle as possible. Mm -hmm. But you don't often see females doing it. But you've got to look for that now, haven't you? 
I do you know what? Every single time I go and fill up, I'm going to be looking for that. Yeah, that's fast. So is is that is this something that you've observed, or is this is there been like a, a study done on it? Uh, well, it's basically part. It's part of it's part of like an introduction. I do all sorts of different things as a, a an introduction to behaviour, right. you know, all sorts right. of stuff. And then the prescribed course, we look at things like sleep. Um, which I suppose will enter into your realm a little bit. Eh? Yeah. Uh, I look at stress as well, again, into your realm. Um, you know, just looking at stress responses and often like a biological or a psychological response to that. Uh, I look at conformity and obedience, which isn't really your realm. And I also look at social relationships, which is every realm as well. So, you know, that's a sort of fascinating thing I get to do. Um, you know, from people who are, are interested in it, until you give them an assessment and then it just all goes to pieces but that's just life you know you know that's just life so your students what are most of them wanting to work in in that kind of in that line of work or is it a, to enable them to do different types of of work more efficiently uh, yeah terms? some do but some some in, some come into it often because their friends have come into it um and they you know you know a teenager like they're almost clinging to each other like koala bears um and um but often they've got an interest in it, they've heard about it, or they've had, you know, I, I've spoke to them uh, coming up through the ranks. We're talking about sixth year students, which I don't know what the, the equivalent would be in, in England, I suppose. We call them sixth years. So they have like uh, primary one to primary seven, and then they come in first S1, S2, and then up to S6, and then they leave at the end of S6. So, uh, but a lot of them go on. We've got wonderful students at the moment, mainly females. Um, who come in and they're off to do some psychology. We've got people going to be midwives and to the police, all sorts, wow. all sorts of works. Uh, uh, and um, sports psychology. Um, we, we had a, a guy a few years ago doing sports psychology. Well, he wanted to do sports psychology and just to get that insight on behaviour as well. You know, that was you know that was really helpful too. Yeah, Pete did. Um, Pete did. I think he did sports psychology at uni. I'm sure he did. In fact. Yeah, I mean, there's, there, you know what, there, there are links with your main psychology and then every sort of, I think there's a psychology of everything. There's probably, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm love to write about the psychology behind catfishing because it's definitely there. There's certainly a philosophy, you know, there's definitely a philosophy there. And if you start to look at the, you know, the why we do it and, and all these different behaviours, and a lot of them are exposed in almost like we're, we're conditioned, you know, a heavily, you know, I think one of the phrases I remember from one of your cast podcasts was um, heavily marketed, you know, and that's that's massive psychology, you know. Yeah. So, but that's just part, you know, well, that's part of my job. And I am conscious I'm, I'm doing this tangent thing and I really spoke about flavors of, or, um, no, it's it's fine. Do you know what? Catfishing at all there, you know. It's fine. This is new territory for me. I've just been plowing through the questions it's really weird just kind of talking to myself so no it's uh, it's not an issue don't worry about well, it well i was going to just, just the last little bit on psychology i was going to ask yeah. is, is pete there tonight no no unfortunately no no of course you don't know this because obviously you haven't heard the intro no we were gonna record one me and pete um but unfortunately pete had something come up so we couldn't okay. do it so i thought do you know what just sod it i'll record a solo episode if people want to tune in they can if they, if they want to give it a miss then they can do it. so uh, no it's just literally just me tonight I, I think you're the only podcast that gives that option you know um i, I love i love the fact in some of the introductions go so if this isn't for you just yeah, wow! Well, I feel like I need to warn people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I don't think there's anything. I don't, just back on the last bit of psychology. I always see yeah. Pete as the, um, you know, the super ego to your Ed. You know, he's he's kind of like the Jiminy Cricket sort of character. Where he's, you know, he's the kind of one that's got the rational side of being, whereas you are, 
Yeah. You're quite happy just to go for it, and that's absolutely admirable. You, you, you know, he's the one that draws it all back, but you're the one that's pushing everyone to go a little bit further, a little bit further. Fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. Love it. Yeah, yeah, we definitely got a difference. I mean, yeah, he he is good. He always, yeah, he has like a rational kind of head on his shoulders and and brings it back and makes it. I think he makes everything very clear for people to understand and make sure that you know it, everything's catered for. So yeah, he's he he does his job very very well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's that, weird yeah. for us because we're just old mates and uh, we never thought you know we'd really have any listeners, but people seem to like for whatever reason like listening to it so it's something's working well i'm guessing yeah i think that's i think that's your selling point um and um it's because i think because most long-term anglers um always have a fishing buddy mm. and you've you've taken that idea and you've basically put it into someone it's almost like do you know this do you remember this guy chris evans right remember chris yeah. evans yeah yeah, yeah yeah and a lot of people didn't like him but what he created on that what was that tfi friday was it he created this gang and people wanted to get involved in it even though they weren't keen on him it was like you were missing out on something and i think that's that's you know that's a formula you guys have stuck to it's almost like this little cult it's not a cult exactly it's almost like this little gang of <laughs> it's a it's a strange yeah. one and, and, and i don't think you've set out to do that not it's at just, all. It, Not it's at all. Some, it's something that has happened. It's a little bit. There's a, a, a famous Scottish band. Well, it should be famous. Called Bell and Sebastian, and they didn't set out to do what they did. You know, they were really quite low key. You know, the the, the lead singer was um, quite introverted, and he was, you know, he was getting over all sorts of different things. And it became this almost like cult following that if you if you followed Bell and Sebastian, it was almost like a secret for everyone. And that's often how I see Cap Chronicles. It's almost like a secret, secret. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe yeah. you're behind this. You, you know, you've read some John Fowles in your time. You know, you're tricking us all here. No, sadly not. One. Sadly but, not. And, and, and the other beauty, and it just seems as if I'm, you know, like a, a massive, you know, a massive fan. <laughs> but you, you're different. I've not, you know, I've not heard many of the other podcasts, and I'm very selective with them. I've heard all of your stuff. I was going to say, laugh my head off because just because of what it is, it's like. What are they talking about now? You know, and I've, and I've listened to it in the bath, and I've listened to it in the hot tub, and I've listened yeah. to it in the bevy. And no, that no, that, that's not that's not an indication of what was going on in these locations. I'm thinking of your nozzle now. You, you... <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Don't get me started. Uh, honestly, we, we're just a couple of idiots that that just you know ramble on. Anyone I'm... could do it. Anyone could I'm... do it. We'll eventually get to this question. I know. <laughs> I know Let's get to the question then. What? what, get, we'll, what we'll, we'll get to. Well, yeah, it was about flavors. I mean, I've been looking at your, you know, I've been looking at your flavors and um, and putting them into some of my baits, and um, and I think last one I was quite successful. But, but so the question was simply this: because I was trying to type it on Instagram, and then I just got fed up with that. And as you can imagine, by the amount of talk tonight, that's not going to fit into one of these silly little boxes. So, um, it, it was to do with influence, you know. Now, I know when I'm choosing a flavor to put in my bait. And, and I've, I've talked, you know, I've kind of hinted upon uh, the synergy and 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 complementing with, you know, base mix ingredients, um, liquids, uh, as well as the flavour. Um, you know, what is the influences you? So, and I've written, I just wrote a little list because it was like it was more to do with how do you construct the flavours or the combinations, and is it down to like experience, personal preference, taste? external influence or old school influence 
And I can read these out again if you want. Jeez. Oh, well, I don't think it f would fit into any one box. I think it You mean what inspires me to bring out a certain flavour? How do you arrive? Let's talk about which one in particular. The, the, I've got my own name for it. Um, what was it you call it? Is it the Warlock, you call it? So that their hook base. No, no, that's the bait. Is is it the wizard? The wizard flavor, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's a fairly complicated flavor. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh, and it's lovely. It's really nice. So, and and when that question came up, I thought that's the, that's the flavor I thought of. Um, I could have thought of a whole load of them. I've got a whole load of them. And I'm thinking, okay, how did you arrive at that? I mean, you know, I know how I would arrive with it. Accident. But you're not doing that by accident. So you know, you know, being the evil genius sitting in your <laughs> sitting in your sit, sitting on the two way mirror on the other side of the waiting room. What is it? You, you know, how are you arriving at that, Sam? So that one probably a little bit different from others, actually. Um, to be honest with you, so I, it's funny because I kind of answered this in a question, and I, well, I didn't answer it at all. But I said, I went. Well, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I'm sorry to interrupt, but do you know what? I, do you know what? I, I'm. I, it's the school teacher in me. I was going to troll all, and I know that word, not not troll in the sense of you know what I mean. But I was going to go. I was going to um, listen to all all the podcasts again and take notes of all the times you haven't answered the question. You, <laughs> because I'm sure I'm sure listeners are going just just you know just just answer the question, Sam. Answer yeah. the question. <laughs> Please answer why not blood. answer questions? Answer the block. Oh, honestly, I. Do you know what? I started off as a tangent. You, you're queen of the tangents. You Jeez, know? Oh, I didn't know that. See, no one's told me that. But I've, really, I've the feedback. No, I didn't know that. Well, I, I, I think I was prefacing my answer. Um, oh, you? oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'll go with anyway. So earlier, I went off on a tangent, and I said that when you start looking at, if you can get the actual chemical breakdown of flavors there's very interesting themes as to which ones are affected. So basically I went into that by saying the, the question, apologies for everyone that's just listened to me answer this. Um, but the question was, is there any additives that you wouldn't, that, you, that there's no way you'd want to roll a bait without. And I was kind of going through, I was like that. No, mm. basically said no to everything, even flavors, even though I sell flavors, um, personally, I'd happily roll a bait without flavors. Um, no worries at all. And I was saying, I think most flavors are, are pretty worthless to a mix. Probably not going to make any difference. In some cases, they'll make it worse. Most day, most cases, they'll make no difference. But I think there's some flavors that will genuinely make a significant difference. And I was saying that you can actually see patterns and you can kind of see why a flavor would work or why it wouldn't work if you can look at the actual breakdown of it. So... I'm going somewhere with this. I'm not evading your question. Don't worry. Okay. No. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. And I and I will. You know. I will draw you back to it. Okay. Don't worry. You don't need to. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, so I will. I will. I'm, I'm listening intently. So go for it. Go for it. So so with the wizard, it kind of came from that. Um. So I wanted to do a fish, fishy flavor. Took took me a long time to 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 finalize that wizard. Um. I wanted to do a fishy flavor. There's definitely some and i'm not going to go into them for obvious reasons there's some key compounds within that flavor that i really wanted to be in there so it was a case of of working with some some flavor houses we probably wouldn't have heard of or, or most people probably wouldn't have heard of and just kind of coming up with with what would work um so that one 
I guess that was the inspiration. If you were to like strip it back, what was the actual first point of creation of it? I wanted several things to be in it. Um, it's also a, a slight bit of homage to an old flavor I used to use um, years ago. And I wanted to, 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 to kind of have a bit of crossover from that. And then the, the spices in there. So you're, so for those that don't know, um, Ian is, is, is mess with, with message numerous times, haven't we? Um, yeah, I think yeah, you lot. picked up on the spices in the smell of it. Is that right? Yeah, that's, I mean, you mentioned the fishiness of it and you want to create a fishy. I think, I think the beauty of that, you know, and it's, you know, it's not, it's not a flavor I would use. I, I, I'll be honest with you, Sam, I wouldn't really call it a flavor as such. It's almost like, I don't know how you would describe it because there's so much going on in that. Yeah. Um, But it wasn't the fishiness that I picked up on. You know, it, it was all these, you know, these different backgrounds. And what it gives the bait, what it gives the finished bait is almost like this inherent taste and yeah. also the inherent flavour. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm using, I'm using it as, um, when I make a bait, I make, you know, I make everything for that. I make the whole package. So I'm making hard hook baits, I'm making cork balls, you know, um, the, the bait itself in various sizes for various reasons. Um, and... 24 hours in the water and that bait still has and it's not the fishiness it's that inherent spices and whatever it is you're putting into the, it you the, know? The, yeah the spices actually come out more once you've started rolling it you've probably noticed yourself yeah yeah. But once you've yeah. added that to your yeah. eggs you're mixing in some 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 dry ingredients that's when you kind of start smelling the spice a little bit more mm -hmm. um and the spices are quite complex in the form of yeah various form but mostly essential oils um so yeah it, it is more of a, a a taste thing but isn't it interesting that you say oh, I, I wouldn't call it a flavor i'd kind of call it more of a uh, a taste thing but flavor is taste isn't it well, well yes yeah i understand what you mean and and when i was putting this question together um because one of the things that you know one of the one of the the potential answers you know i'd i'd, I'd, I'd mentioned there was you know like personal preference I often find that carp anglers, um, and, and I've caught myself doing it as well. You know, oh, I don't, I don't like coconut, so I won't, I won't use coconut flavour. You know, because I don't like coconut, and it's just absolutely yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. So I don't mean it in the sense of it is a flavour, and, and you you sell it as a flavour, but it's doing so much more. Yeah. Oh, it is most definitely. But w w I guess my point is, um, they're called flavours, but we all go by their smell. <laughs> it's just this weird relationship we have with carp flavors isn't it yeah well not many my, people uh, taste their flavors do they yeah why well, have to i bet you, know? you do yeah yeah I, I, I have to and, and you know what i continually i can even though i know what it tastes like continually and uh my son's my son's recently he comes down into the into the garage where i do, where I do my bait and I, you know i'd made a bait for him for tench fishing this year um and he'd, he'd want to take up tension. He'd want to do it all himself. I said, well, let me make you a bait. And I made, you know, I made this this lovely bait for tench fishing. But every time, and you'll probably do it yourself, every time he comes in, he has to he has to taste and smell all the things. I look, have a taste of that one, have a smell. Yeah. You know, cause I'm so enthusiastic about it. And you'll be exactly. And there'll be other bait makers, you know, can resonate with us oh, as yeah. well. You know, it's this, have a smell of that. Oh, I, I put this. You know, I put this bait together, you know, and all these different things, you know. Um just as an just as an add-on to what you were saying there about, you know, how you construct it, was the goal the final product, or was the goal to amass all the component parts 
you know, did you have a fight with the product in mind that you arrived at? Or was it amassing wow. all these parts and all these, you know, almost like that deconstruction to, to bring it together? Yeah, yeah, I don't think, I don't think I had like a, a, a specific idea of what I wanted it to be like in mind. And the thing is, you can you can put some things together and think, oh, it smells and tastes amazing. But if it's not switching the carp on in the way that you want, I mean, I, I could have released so many flavors that I think just smell amazing. They would sell really well because people would be, you know, <laughs> they'd be really into the smell and taste. But if it's not switching the carp on in a way that it needs to, then it doesn't mean anything. So, but I absolutely love constructing different flavors putting different things together seeing how it it changes things i absolutely just love it so this isn't like this isn't um i don't do it because for the for the money or anything like that all of the money i make i go back i don't pocket anything i just literally do it because i love doing this and that that's the genuine truth mm -hmm. um so yeah, yeah that one was a bit different yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I just want to, and I, I, for some reason, because I'm working with that one at the moment, um, I just I picked that one because of because of what it is. I mean, but you know, still, bait makers will look towards a final product rather than going, yeah, I've got a bit of this and a bit of that. And I know people do that, but you know, I, I'm putting a bait together and I, I put two together recently, and I'm thinking, okay, this is what I want it to do. This is what I'm going to put together. How can I complement this? How can everything just run? all together and you know occasionally it just all falls together wonderfully but other times you have to tweak it a little bit you know you have to do all this the beauty of bait making it's absolutely magnificent you know it's i'm quite happy because of my time is limited going on the bank and i think i can speak for many many people who are doing this it's that element of angling like i said you're doing something about doing something about fishing every day it's that it's that way to keep in touch and you probably got that with your flavors mm. you know another thing is it's quite unique for for somebody to come on, you know, you know, you've got, all, you, you know, yourself, you've got all these companies that are touting these new flavors that they have no hand in at all. Not you at know, all. Not so at it all. Must, you know, that's, that's your uniqueness. You yeah. know, it must be a case of, you know, you've got this hand in this to say, I have created this, you know? Yeah. But that being said, I mean, I, I still get samples from companies. I mean, I, <clears throat> literally in front of me now, I've got a maple, which is phenomenal. And like, I'll, in a quandary, do I do I bring that out? You know, because I think it's it's very very good. Um, but then it's just going to be a bit boring. So I couldn't just bring that out to the masses, mm -hmm. just as it is created by someone else. I'd I'd need my my kind of stamp on it. If yeah, that makes sense. You know you know how much I like a sample. <laughs> I could send you a sample of that. Yeah, I could do that for you. Oh, brilliant! Thank you. No, that wasn't a hint. That kind of was. Oh, of course, it wasn't. It, it kind, it kind of was. Listen, yeah, you know, this is reciprocal. If I find something wonderful, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. You know, fine. I'll pass it on to you if you want. You know, if you want something, I don't know what I could send you actually. Oh. Well, you no, not it would. No, you did. In fact, you uh, see. To go back to your question, what what sort of inspires me to make a flavor? I have been working on the chocolate malt that you requested. Oh. That I was I was going to message you about that anyway. Yeah, thank um, you so much for the for the for the uh, for the for the for the bottle that you gave me. Oh no, not I mean I, no, not at all. If, I'll if send that, it back. If absolutely. No, no, it's okay. If because I, I, you know, I think if if the result is something that replicates what would have been you know there in the first place, like you know, cause I did really well on that, and I've spoke to a, a few people about chocolate malt in the past, and I'm, I'm not happy with what they've come up with. No, um, but I did, you know, I did do well on it. We're talking like oh, 25 years ago, something like that, you know, when it was proper chocolate malt. So, 
you know, feel free. You know, it's, it's yours now. Yeah, so I have been working on a chocolate malt. Um, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm quite there, to be honest with you. To, to, to be totally honest, I wouldn't want to bring something out that was just a bit like, nah. Um I think I'm close. It's just, plus that bottle is old, right? So yeah, I'm is, close to getting it analysed, but things will have changed. Things will have denatured. Um, so you, you, if you get flavour analysed, obviously you're only analysing it in its current state. It's mm -hmm. not going to actually give everything that was originally in it, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, but it would be nice. I, I think it's sadly lacking. And I've seen, like I said, I've seen some chocolate malts of, of, of chocolate. No, they're just not. They just not do it, so I won't use it. But I mean, when it comes, and I know it'll come, you know, I'll put a, I'll, I'll design a bit around that. You know, I've got some ideas already. I've got, I've got some. Um, I can send you some samples of, of a few different permutations I've come up with if you want to. Um, again, I I don't think they're ready yet. Do you mean free free stuff, Sam? Free stuff. I, I don't yeah. ever want free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I also, do you know what? It's not just you. I drive, uh, I drive Daniel Clark mad with that as well. Yeah, yeah, I bet, I bet. Yeah, I don't think you know. It's, it's I think you're unfair. You, you, you come unfair to yourself if you restrict yourself using one thing. You know, you get people that, oh, I'm a Nutribates user, and I'm like, oh god, yeah, yeah, because everyone's got different. Yeah, I mentioned the the maple, like John Baker's maple. Uh -huh. I really rate that very highly. I think it's very, very good. Yeah. Um, mainline pineapple, phenomenal. Uh -huh. Yeah. Oh, there are. You know, yeah. you could probably cherry pick. You know, that might be a. You know, that's that's quite a good thing. You know, that might be quite a good thing to do, just to help. Because I mean, you think of the. You must get tons and tons of questions. You know, what flavor could I use for this time? You you know, what flavor could I use for this? Yeah. But you know, when anglers are relying on flavors, rather than thinking, okay, what can I put together that will make this flavor the best it can be? Yeah. You know, because you know, you know, I, I could put together a mix. I could put together two mixes, and I know that one of these mixes is going to enhance everything with that flavour. It's going to make it. Well, I, you know, I, I've got this term. I call it making it sing. You know, so I make it sing when it's out in the water. But I could also make another mix, and it smell the same because you talk about smelling earlier. Um, and to the you know to the untrained eye, you know, it, it would look exactly the same. Did you um yeah and most definitely did you get some of our or some of my lust dust, the new the new powder? No, but that sounds like another face. Oh, does it? <laughs> yeah, that. So, so if you, if you're rolling bait around the wizard, who's, who's on quality control? You know, I mean, some 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 sort of sponsor. Uh, um, yeah. I'm such a I'm such a somebody called somebody today called me a hoarder, and they're absolutely right. I have got. Yeah, I've still got you know. I've st I think I've still got the original samples you sent me, and there's one more question mark on it that I keep looking at, and I'm going to do a, a, something with it one day. Remember, I thought it was a hieroglyph or something you'd written on the bottle. I don't remember. No, you know, I messaged you. I go, why have you put a hieroglyph on the bottle? And eventually, went bloody hell, and it's a it's a question mark. You're meant to be a teacher, and I'd go, oh, so it is. I vaguely remember that actually. Oh, yeah, it's just like something like that. But no, I mean, I got some of your llama dust, and yeah, that was all. Yeah, I used it in stick mix, but. Um, if you're a bait maker worth your salt, you can make something like that, and that's no disrespect to you. You know, that's that's that inspires people to get thinking. Yeah. So yeah, it's, that, wonder, that, it's wonderful stuff. It is. It's lovely, lovely stuff, and yeah, it tastes nice yeah. as well. But um, yeah, if I can't make something similar, then you know, 
as well as just yeah it, in my opinion the the amino acids in the llama dust i think that's what takes it to, to somewhere else that i think a lot of people would struggle to get there if i'm honest of course i'm going to be biased it's, it's sort of one of my babies but um yeah smell wise i mean you'll be able to pick up on this you, the overriding thing is the paprika smell yep. paprika and the cheese which anyone yep. you, you can buy products like that already mm -hmm. mixed in fact yeah um, that's true but yeah the overriding the overriding smell of that is, is definitely cheese and paprika which again like the, you're saying about making ingredients things sing some ingredients just go well together i would say oh that. yeah absolutely that's that's a major part of a bait making it's not just a case of chucking a flavor and a no, sweetener and no, i think no, a lot no. of people know that now um but i did you know i did well i, I fished from and, and scotland's like i say scotland's hard enough uh for some people <laughs> scotland's hard enough for cat fishing but i fished like through like october cold storms everything november as well and i was using um i was using one of your flavors <laughs> I'm going to be vague about that. I was using one of your flavors and pop-ups and doing really well on it, but I was also using the stick, using the llama dust mm -hmm. uh, and, and fleshing it out. And it was, you know, that was, I was getting, you know, I was getting a lot of action on that. And this yeah. is in worst of weather, you know, really, you know, when others around me, I went on the water for the first time and I did, you know, I had two fish and, and lost a really good fish on it. Um, yeah. You know, inst basically instantly. And, um, you know, you can't argue with that. That's, you know, that's, for me, that's trying to, but it's not good enough because I'll have to tweak something to make it better for the next time. I know, that's the problem, isn't it? You yeah, know, we always want to, we always want to change stuff, don't we? It's that yeah. restlessness, you know, it's, um, I remember one of my pals, I've got a great pal called Stevie Walker, you know, he's a lovely, lovely guy. And he showed me a picture of us. I'd seen the picture, you know, the brace with Peter Springgate, you know, it's one of the most of iconic. Course, yeah, you know, of course, yeah. And he says, don't look at the fish looking at that guy's eyes he I said know. yeah and you know he's got that look and we've all had that look you know um that that almost like longing and um and, and you know you know when, when people are you know when people pass you and you're sitting in front of your bivy you know searching that water they say how you got anything doing or anything going on no nothing going on what well what, what, what have you not caught anything about no no not today and that and, and it was, so we started to discuss it, and I, and I tried to explain to them, it's almost like that, you know, it's the pursuit of this girl who, you know, doesn't know you're alive. You know, it's that girl that you've always fancied, doesn't know you're alive, she doesn't feed, and she doesn't live where you live, you know. And it's it's that, like, unattainable thing. And regardless of what you catch, it's that look in Springgate's eyes, which would be a great line, you know, it'd be, you know, that would be a great line in a book, you know, the look in Springgate's eyes. Somebody will plagiarise that. <clears throat> is this you know? is this him with with Mary? I know it was the brace shot. I'm sure it was that brace shot from was it? Was it where was it now? You know, he's one. He's I got know the brace. brace. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Was it Mary? Was it Mary and Mary's mate? Yeah. Yeah. It must. Have, yeah, it must have been. Yeah. And the, the look in his eyes. Really... And he yeah. hasn't finished. He had not finished. Unfinished, still unfinished business. We've all got unfinished business in catfishing. Yeah. We'll never end. I'll never stop. And that's yeah. a good thing. That has to be a good thing. You know. Yeah, it, it's. Um, oh, you made me doubt myself. I'm 99% sure it's Mary and Mary's mate, the, the brace shot. It, well, I'm sure. It, in I fact, I know it is. It is. It definitely I am is. surrounded by books here, and I should be able to pick one out, but I can't be bothered. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those great shots. It um, is. It's, 
I'll be honest with you. I think, do you know what? I think there's a couple of shots like that uh, that mm-hmm. are just like totally honest. I've got, I've got Paisley's uh, big cap out. I'll wait a minute. So where is that? No, I don't know. Uh, Peter Springate. Oh, do I have to put some light on it? I'm going blind. Um, so it's a 36 and a half. Is it Jove? Jovene? I probably, probably pronounced that wrong. And it's a, yeah, it's a 36 and a half and a 38 and a half. Somebody will correct me on this. Jovene, 1977? Yeah, 1977. And he's got that, you know, he's looking down the way, but I've seen shots of him. And he's got this look in his eyes. And that's catfishing for me. You know, when you see Richard McDonald doing all these different things, that's kind of, not some of these posers now with their hair all shaved in at the back and, you know, all that and, and smelling. One of my pals got into catfishing, sorry, tangent again, yeah. and he turned up one day and it was like an advert for Africa Lynx. I'm like, what are you doing? I can, if I can smell you, the cat can smell you. It was just ridiculous. And his hair was all combed and, you know, it was all like, he, you know, he'd be definitely been on Instagram. I'm like, away. Just, I don't know. We, not... I, I'm not. Yeah, this um, like the to me the classic Springate shot is is with Mary and Mary's mate. It, you know, it must be. I just I just remember that being in big cap. I will. I'm going to send it to you, and because yeah, um, I think there's confusion here somewhere. Can you view your messages no, but, now or not? Um, yeah, I've got. It, I'll have it on my phone. Do you know what? There's so many iconic shots. You're probably right. Yeah. Hold on. I've got a message. Yeah, do you know what? I'm not disagreeing with you, Sam. I'm just saying there's all these different shots. Yeah, no, I don't doubt it. I'm trying and, to find the. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the Raspberry one. But there's one where he's yeah. looking at the camera. I can't remember whether it's that one or the Yovani. Or he's probably caught a lot. In I'm sure. Movie. I'm trying to find the Yovani one. Yeah, and yeah. it's just he's got this look in his eyes, and that is that is catfishing. You know, I. Are you I, about I, the one on his on his book cover? Oh, right, hold on, which one? That, uh, Capside of the Moon. Hold on, I'll find that. Big Carp Legends. Oh, Big Carp Legends. Hold on, yeah. hold on. Yeah. Capside of the Moon. He's got that one right. Where am I? Big Carp Legends. Hold on. Which I sure that's Yovani. I could be wrong again. Sure, people no. are screaming at. Just screaming at this. <laughs> I'm surrounded. You know, I'm, I'm hundreds of books on. Yeah, that's it. That's the Yovani one, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just got this, he's just got this faraway look in his eyes. And these are incredible carp, you know. I mean, the raspberry ones and, and these are just incredible looking carp, you know. And carp anglers don't look like that anymore. You know, didn't, well, I do. I'm a scruffy kid, you know. Um, but they're also polished, you know. I don't know. I don't know. I suppose it's that pursuit. And I mm. remember reading, was he not living on like oats and powdered milk on raspberry and just so he could stay I, out? And yeah, you know. there's and all that. I mean, yeah, he was, he was, he was a dedicated man. I mean, that's what you get from his writings that he was, yeah. everything was about him. Yeah, I think he's, did he sell Hoovers or something? Um, Possibly. Yeah, I think, I think there's something in there. I've read quite a bit about, you know, the stuff around Raysbury and yeah. all sorts of stuff. And, and when you, you know, amazing, amazing, you know. I mean, we've, we've got bits of history in Scotland, but we're still making it. But we've not got anything like that yet. But the, like I say, there are 40 pounders caught, you know. I meant to say, I've got some Esther, you've talked about Esther Berry before. I've got some Esther Berry if you want that. Where have you got that from? Uh, it's in my cupboard. 
<laughs> yeah, but we're... So, so I've got supposedly the original Esther, Esther Barry, um, and Which it's no way near what it used to be. No, not even close. Uh, is that a recent purchase, though? Yeah. Nah, I'm just, I'm not going to get that. I've got, I've got the original black clip, black top. Esther yeah, Barry. yeah. So, so yeah, so yeah. Esther Berry was a um, a Campbell's well, flavor, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, rich one. Well, the, yeah, around about the time of the tea, you know. Yeah, so plant, yeah, Plantex bought it, didn't they? They bought out. That's right. Yeah, Campbell's. I remember. So if you if you get the Esther Berry from uh, from Plantex now, it's nothing like the old Esther Berry, unfortunately, because I love that flavor. Absolutely loved that flavor. I did well on it. I'm sure I've spoken about this on the podcast before. Yeah, um, you have. That's why I mentioned that. I mean, I, I remember I had two bottles and I dropped one. Found oh. about, so I went, oh, I better check out this Esther because I used it. I used it a long time ago, and I dropped one, and I was almost licking it off the floor yeah. <laughs> of the dirty garage floor. But I've, I think I've still got I don't know, some in a bottle. So. But you're welcome to it because you've always, you know, you've always sent me little samples and stuff. No, very kind, but I wouldn't use it to be honest because oh, well. it's just past its best. So no, you, I was going to, I was going to sell you. <laughs> <laughs> Will you keep it? Because I, I wouldn't use it in a bait. Um, well, I'm all about fresh, freshes. I, I know, fresh. I know, yeah. I know. Um, yeah, I thank know. you but anyway. Do you, do you know what the author said? If you want to be influenced by it. No, no, very, very kind. But I, no, in awesome. fact, in fact, I've got some Esther Berry here and i gave it to pete years ago and he's given it back to me <laughs> but but just i thought you, just I, I thought you were gonna say sake. i thought you were gonna say he sold it back to you no it was 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 that was that your only question do you have anything else or um it, 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 you know, anything i would have to ask because I, I really try and work stuff out for myself but anything i would have to ask would be to put you know just how you know when you're putting these hook baits together, and I know they have been quite successful, you know, the, um, oh, what you call it, Opti baits now? Yeah. Opti baits, you're calling yourself? Yeah. Um, yeah. So is, is that a similar process? Do you have an end game that you're arriving at? Or is it a case of these are the ingredients? You know, we'll say, for example, and I know you won't give too much away, but when it comes to your hook baits, are you using like a milk protein base? Are you are you incorporating something that's going to increase leakage, like I don't know, maybe some sort of rough bud food, or perhaps there's a fish meal on the go? To be honest, I haven't really looked at the you know the bases of them. Yeah. So the the existing range that are out at the moment, uh, a lot of the leakage from that is going to be small molecules rather than your your bigger solubles. Yes, there's there's high amounts of refined milks in there i think that was one of your questions see i'm now paranoid yeah. that i'm gonna skirt over something that you've said and like evade a question but there's a lot of milks in there i'll, um, I'll send you i'll send you a report of um you know yeah you do it yeah I'll, breakdown I'll tonight uh, yeah episodes i've missed yeah yeah i'll mark it for you as well yeah um but yeah of course there's solubles in there i mean for me personally i think uh, you can't just bang some flavors and some organic acids and some and some amino acids into a simple pop-up base mix and expect it to catch. It will catch, of course. In my opinion, if it's comprised of good quality milks, like that, that's really, really important. But obviously, it doesn't have a high percentage of soluble base mix ingredients for obvious reasons. It's a pop-up. It needs to, you know, stay intact. Uh -huh. uh, it needs to stay popped up. So, yes, whilst... In the grand scheme of things, it is high, very high levels of, of refined milk proteins. 
that's obviously going to aid attraction, but most of the attraction is going to be smaller mo molecules that, that will obviously be soluble and, and leach out through the water column. Okay. Um, the upcoming, I've got some upcoming ones, um, which might even be out actually. Hopefully they'll be out by the time this podcast goes live. Uh, they're a little bit different, more of a, a kind of, more of a classic um, base mix with some refined milks, buoyant milks added, um, and some cork granules as well. Um, obviously some, some albumin and, and orogel to, to help bind it up. They're uh -huh. a little bit more kind of, I don't know, if, how would you describe that attraction? More like feed bait style attraction, if that makes sense. Um, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's ways you can, clear, well, you can clearly make a feed bait to, to, to kind of pop up, you know. Yeah. Or you have the classic pop up, which is, you know, we mentioned before, there's been a lure. Um, yeah. You know, I, I would I would more, I've, I've, I've thought of another question for you, actually. Uh, but I'd sort of tend to, to stay away from that type of lure thing because, you know, I want to kind of, give them an experience and, and go back to the making it sing thing you know yeah um yeah yeah but but, but i see so, see what i would say is a, a good you want a good quality pop-up mix um but the amount that you can do with that if it's a very very buoyant mix the amount of different things that you can add that will complement each other it sky's the limit i mean unfortunately most companies they're just going to add bit of betaine, maybe a bit of citric acid and a flavor and a sweetener. But there's so much more you can do to that. And because because you can make it very, very buoyant, you can get away with adding heavier liquids. Um, so I, I I mean, I don't rule out those those lure type hook baits um, and then plus the amount of fish I've caught on them. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I really have to kind of place my thoughts with the situations I'm fishing in, yeah. and and I'll be honest, I would not, I wouldn't want to. I don't like to use the word waste my time, but I want to give myself the best possible advantage with what I'm putting out on that hook bait. Oh, of course. Rather than you know, I would imagine most most guys are doing that. Um, but yeah, you're right. There's so much you can do with it, and, and why limit yourself just to? You know, just following basic instructions. Okay, maybe maybe start to learn a little bit about the trade and how to roll pop-ups, etc., or even just hook baits, uh, and then start to experiment, and you know, and then start to go on with this. So, mm. but so, but the, does that then? And going back to my original question, does that dictate how you want it to end up? Like, and and, and we we could even you know like you know infer that there's a color involved in that as well. Are you? Yeah. yeah. Are you pushing all your component parts towards this finished product? Are you just thinking this looks as if it will go together and then you have the product? Um, no. So, I mean, the, the ones that are out at the moment, uh, so the, the, the Warlocks, that's kind of new conception with, with new things that I've found and that wizard flavor. The Polar Fruits is a combination that Pete's used for a long time, but obviously we've developed our versions of, of the flavors. Um, the tree fruit, again, that's an old recipe that I've done very, very well on that I've kind of modernized um, and changed. So, yeah, I kind of had them all in mind. The the black bukus, it's it's our blackcurrant flavor, which sadly we don't sell now. Uh, I know you're aware of that. Um, oh, yeah. We, yeah. yeah. Mm, we, we've added um, 
Buku essential oil in. The reason we just because we get so many messages about this, I'd want to just take the opportunity to say the reason we discontinued it, and I know everyone wants it, but it's just because we can't get enough Buku regularly. I've actually got quite a lot, quite a bit of Buku sitting in front of me now. Um, so I could release it again for a while, but I'm worried that I will then the buku supply will dry up i have to take it off again people have been using it all year and then it's just like it's creating this issue so for now um certainly until things with the bu proper buku essential oil have, have calmed down unfortunately we're not i mean i suppose you could um you know you could um think about distributing it mainly to anglers in scotland in the northeast Scotland. Before, yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just to, just to me and i would keep that safe for you um, yeah i'm sure i'm sure yeah <laughs> but but so i mean so so obviously i mean that flavor did so well um and it's so good obviously i wanted to build a hook bait around that which is which is why i did the black bukus so that's different different reason for that hook bait uh -huh. uh, well i think well, i think what you're doing is you're offering you know you you're not just offering for the bait maker which that's the flavor side of the business you know you're offering for people who maybe don't have time to make baits which i yeah. don't actually and believe I, in and you're yeah. giving them that opportunity to use the stuff that the bait making guys can use i'm just honestly i'm i'm creating things that um that that i use like so i use i literally use our hook baits i mean it, it's difficult because then i've also got a test so as i said bringing out two new hook baits um i've been testing those for god knows how long feels like forever so i have to do that as well but yeah i want to create products that i will use um so yeah does that, yeah, does that I, 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 can totally, I can't remember yeah, yeah i can <laughs> i can't remember what i asked uh, i can i, I can feel totally, this so i only use my own stuff and 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 by that i don't mean my i've not made any flavors like you have but i'm using stuff that i have put together and i i want it to succeed and that that's a massive part and you'll find a lot of guys are like that yeah. other guys just want to hear that it's good and that's fairly typical of modern society you know and all sorts of things mm. well, the, the question i thought about when you were talking about you know putting all these ingredients together is have you found anything and this may help people who are listening have you found anything that inhibits almost like inhibits the rolling of of pop-ups because pop-ups kind of be a wee bit temperamental at times now whether that's down to how they come to us you know as a as a pre-made base mix or you know something can react and not binds you know what do you know what i'm saying there yeah 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 definitely in particular you found you know because sometimes you go oh why has that happened it was fine the last time and then you've got a tinker with it and you know yeah ha had quite a few issues with with our polar fruit um pop-ups because there's something that goes in in that hook bait you wouldn't realize this from looking at it but it's actually jet black um and it goes in in fairly high concentrations as well so obviously I have to, because I want those to be white, I have to balance that out with a lot of white dye, titanium dioxide. Yeah, yeah, that, that's good. It's good stuff, that. You know, it's, it's, it's really good stuff. Yeah, it is, yeah. But, I mean, it that, that would definitely affect the, 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 the rollability, the bindability, if, I don't think that's a word, but that'll affect your roll in your, your hook bait, yeah. Other things, yeah, I mean, I'm using um, high-grade Manuka honey in a couple of them. You can definitely overdo that. That'll also affect the buoyancy. Everything that you add will will affect things to a degree. It's just how much you add them in. Um, obviously, something. I mean, we add organic acids that you know they they're going to cook the eggs. You have to be careful how you add them. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of things have an effect or another. Um, 
you can add certain you know so certain organic acids if you want to use them you can add them to an oil-based flavor you're going to get away with it a little bit more than you would do if it was with say an ea based flavor Uh -huh. um but yeah i mean it, it everything is is always but i mean but to be fair you can tweak things accordingly can't you so you don't have to have the same base mix for all of your pop-ups Um, yeah. if you've Yeah, got definitely. to use a lot of titanium I'm sure. dioxide you can add a little bit of you know extra something to, to help with the binding you know Yeah, I was just thinking of somebody who's maybe tried pop-ups and it's just gone a bit wrong. And then they don't maybe don't have the experience to tinker and say, okay, I can do this and you know, this will make a change. um Because I mean it's it's all fine, it's all fine us saying, okay, well, you can just play around with you know, with your pop-up mix and you can add maybe like like say the you know way gel or maybe uh, the albumin, uh, and, and then you can just throw anything in it. But that's not you know, it's not the case. I mean, often often too much dye, you know, if you want something yeah that's um ultra yeah ultra bite, oh too much dye, that's an absolute colour at times. yeah Yeah, definitely. But I mean, my advice to people that want to get into rolling their own pop-ups, you just buy a ready-made base mix. Um, Polaris, I, that's, you know, it's not the best mix around, but it's, it's user-friendly. Um, the, the British Aquafeeds mix is, Yeah. Yeah, that's decent. yeah, I must admit that is decent. yeah a lot of people like that. Um, I mean, take your pick that there's a lot around. Um, Shillam, I believe, have quite a good mix. I believe Trent Bates have quite a good mix as well. So Mhm. yeah, Mm just, just get a, get a mix that's, that's been put together, you know, properly and that's, that's user friendly and, and yeah, just experiment. It's yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll be honest. I I prefer cork balls. Yeah. You know, I Yeah. I prefer putting cork balls together in pop-up mixes, and I, I think it's quite rare for me to use, um, you know, use a pop-up mix. I I did I did use it with one of your flavors over the winter, um. And uh, but cork balls all the time because you can use, you can basically use what a, a version, almost like a you know like a, a a hardened version of your your base mix Of course, yeah. in the cork ball, and and, and you know I'm I'm producing them, and another thing is it it's not affected so much by dye, and that's an art form in itself. And I'm seeing myself using different sizes of cork balls to to induce different buoyancies. And make it do what I want to do, you know. Something if you want that for, you know, you want to. I don't know how people would want to keep it there for like three days in a row, you know. That's that's pretty much confident. Uh, yeah, Like I, that. I used to use a lot. I mean, there's obviously an issue with uh, the supply. There's a massive supply issue with with cork balls at the minute which is a bit of a bit of a bastard um but yeah i mean for sure i, don't know, I used to use a lot of cork balls for now I, now though i'd just i'd go cork granules for sure Which are? It's not. 100 I've got them, but it's not a really. Yeah, it's not really a thing. I'd. I think what you, I think the, one of the problems with cork granules is that if you glug them, it can completely affect the buoyancy. You know, you could make these. You could have them balanced, you know, with the cork. You know, the the
It's that balance, well, isn't of, it? Yeah, oh yeah, it's a balance. It's a it's a bit of a, a science or an art. I don't know which. Probably a bit of both. But yeah, of course. You, alchemy. Yeah, Maybe we, it's alchemy. Yeah. Alchemy, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you can you can uh, bind it all up so it's not an issue and use shed loads of cork granules. But like you say, it's it's just going to be this sort of inner ball that isn't isn't letting out all of those expensive ingredients or or you know intricate ingredients that you put in. Um, mm -hmm. It's yeah, it's taken taken me a long time to get it right. I'm using very high levels of GLM in one of them and like such an expensive ingredient you know you don't want to be inhibiting that the 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 uh the usage of that so yeah well that's that's where the balance is because you, you'd be counteracting all your you know your, your, your it's an expensive purchase you know mm. the glm and it's it's you're a full fat beautiful stuff you know yeah exactly that's that's another one my son comes in i go have a smell of that one. Like, oh what do you think have a taste of that you know varies so much it really does even like full fat between different different ones um but yeah good a, a proper full fat glm it's hard to beat that yeah I'm, I'm hearing that i'm hearing that about liver powder as well you know the beef liver there's more, more and more companies are uh, producing the beef liver and a few of my friends have been buying you know bits and bobs or hook baits etc and they're finding various you know yeah various, you know various quality things so it's, it, it unfortunately you can't you can't use beef liver in uh in feed for for carp um otherwise yeah, this, yeah that's what i said this is for hook baits etc yeah, of course yeah 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 otherwise we'd i'd be doing something yes for hook baits yeah you can yeah yeah, yeah. Um, no i wouldn't be i wouldn't be advocating that so of course no no i didn't mean it sound like that but but yeah i mean it, yes it, it varies a lot i mean there's not much of it around um no but i have i have noticed that a few of the companies now are, are starting to produce you know a beef liver um, or I certainly advertise it, you know. But again, various you know various qualities. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Mm. Um, so, I mean, you know, some levels are used. I, I, I think you know some of them are okay. And other times, yeah, I, I think that's the beauty of um, bait makers in general. Some people, you know, will swear by betaine. Yeah. Um, I I don't bother with it. You know, I've right. got it set, but I won't bother. With it. I've got two types in, but I won't bother. Um, but I know it's contained in other things, so I don't think I really need it. And you know, I can I can catch fish without it. So, and that, that's just all. It's all part of the fun, you know. Exactly, per personal preference. Um, I'm the same with betaine. I'm you know, take it or leave it. Uh, citric acid as well. Everyone freaking raves about it. I'm, I'm not saying it's not good, but I think it's overrated. I think there's better things out there. Um, but yeah. it's it, you, yeah. you find what works what you're confident in and a lot of it you know it, it's just being confident in what you're doing so you can go out and, and actually angle isn't it uh-huh well that's you you mentioned the tech you know you know the the testing of hook baits and you know I, I do tend to speak about bait a lot with people when i'm on the bank and um because they'll produce this <laughs> this bag of um though i think i can liken them to as um i don't know if you ever got them down south but used to get this box of thing called fireballs and they were, or aniseed balls and they were just these perfectly round hardest ball sweets in the world did you ever get that down here yeah, yeah 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 and they'll produce this bag of these round balls and i'm saying oh they're nice not really <laughs> um i said no, i just look these are mine i'm you know my baits are all different shapes and sizes because you know i've just been hammering them through you know running them through the road not the, uh, through the 
what's it called? The tables, you know, just doing all this. Um, and I said, look, these are absolutely, you know, theirs are solid. And uh, mine are, you know, mine are soft. And I've said, you know, it's. I like soft, uh, mate, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, but the point I was going to make is they'll say, oh, do you know what? I really fancied making my own bait. And I said, well, you, you know, there is that. And I said, but this is, and I explained in the process I have to go through just to make the bait. And I said, now I've got to sit behind my rods. <laughs> and, you know, with yeah. the best, the best will in the world and a mascot behind the middle rod called Kev, um, I have to hope and pray that, you know, my knowledge of my experience in bait making has got me, you know, that I can be confident with this bait. Whereas you are buying these little hard aniseed balls in a bag, which, you know, I I think I'd just be putting them straight in the bin. Um, perfectly round, Sam. You know, I can't get baits perfectly round. No, because I can't. Of, <laughs> because of what I'm using in my mix. Because, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, I'd be using, I was using baits at the weekend there and they were, they were no more round than my, you know, my mug there. They were just all over the place. But it's because of the type of bait. But luckily, I was putting them, I was putting them out by boat some, and I'd, I'd made some for for a different baiting situation on the um, on the other rod. That was was using some of your um, some of your wizard on on a bait I call the Magus, which is um, it's quite an interesting bait. Mm. And I've tried to put some ingredients together to complement to complement your um, your wizard, which is why I asked it in the first place. So. Um, but yeah, but the one the one I'm using that's quite a really soft bait, and I'd made that you know I'd made the mix too soft, but I just wanted it made. Um, you know, I've got one of your flavours in there. That's that's quite an interesting bait. It's got whole sorts of stuff, but round, uh-uh. and even even baits for the stick, round. Uh-uh. Yeah, you know? it's difficult. It's, it's difficult. But I, but why, I don't know why. It's I unnecessary that. though. You that you do not need a perfectly round bait. Yeah, but that's my drop them out. It in my opinion. Oh yeah. You know, oh yeah. Um, um, I've been doing a lot of cubing. You know, I've been a lot of cube baits yeah. and yeah, uh, and you know, and different painting. No, I'm trying not to say too much. Uh, you know, <laughs> but you know, you know, you know what it's like. You know, I'm into, I'm, I'm into doing all sorts of stuff. And um, yeah, I don't know. I might actually. Do you know what? You know what, Sam? Because I think I've still got your address. I might, I might send you some things that I do. And you can you can try them out for me, but you're not allowed to talk about them. It's a bit like Fight Club, okay? <laughs> yeah, first rule of fight. Yeah, first rule of. The- you know, actually, I'll, I'll give you a laugh. The oh. kids at school believe I run Fight Club in the school. They do what? Sorry, they believe I run a Fight Club in the school. No That's- way. Yep. And there's a few members of staff, and they go, it's, um, "Who's in Fight Club?" I says, "Look." I can only tell you this: there's two rules. <laughs> what's the, what are the rules, Mister McNeil? Well, you can't talk about. What's the second rule? <laughs> and, that's it. So I might send you some stuff, Sam. By all means, because you, you know what? I'll be honest with you. You have been, you have been generous, and you didn't know me from Pete Springgate. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, uh, and you were good enough to send me some stuff. So I might send you some stuff just to just to see, you know, just to see what you think. No, okay. you're welcome, man. You, you're very passionate about your bait, that's for sure, and you, and you know your stuff. So, uh, yeah, no, no, don't mention it. You don't owe me anything, honestly. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm going to send you some stuff. I just want to see your reaction. And go for it. Go for it. Okay. I'll be, be interested to, to have but, a look at it. But, but you, have, you have to, on air, you have to tell me what are the rules. It, the, the, the rules are, number one rule is I do not talk about the bait. You don't talk about it. Yeah, I yeah, do not you... talk about it. No. All right. Okay. Can confirm or deny. 
Absolutely. Cool. Sounds good. All right, let, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Anything you wanted to to say before we? Uh, yeah, no, that's it. You know what? It's it's actually it's 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 been nice to be involved in something that I've been a fan of for quite it's, a while. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Not that I've been a fan of you. No offense, but it's nice to it's nice to have someone else on the show and. Uh, yeah, I always, and, uh, I always feel I'm pestering you when I'm you know because sometimes yeah, you can not at all. Not sometimes at all. you can be quite rude. Can I? <laughs> We no, get, honestly, we I'm, get. Only, I'm only winding you up. I was going to ask you: Can oh. you do? Can you do a Scottish accent? Oh, I don't even know if I can. You know, that was terrible. That was, was terrible. That was, oh. that was that was almost like "See you, Jimmy" from Russell. Oh, I was hoping that would wow you. No, then the answer is no. The answer. Oh, okay, that's fine. Can you do a Sean Connery? Uh, not not sure that I can. It's just terrible <laughs> no chat. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. But listen, uh, Joe, I've, Joe, I've thoroughly enjoyed it because you know I, I really love talking about Bay, and, and this is, I think this is the ideal platform for, you know, to get no, well, supposed to get involved in, and to without actually giving anything away because when you if you if I eventually sit with Notepad, there isn't a lot given away, and that's not a bad thing yeah. because it makes you. It makes you start to think and research because yeah. if you are given everything, if anglers are given everything, they become complacent and lazy and they won't search it out. And the spirit of where I came from in angling was, I start, I made my own bank sticks. You know, I'm, this, this is sounding like a sad story now. But before I was a teacher, I was a metal worker and I used to work, you know, be in a workshop and I you know, made all sorts of stuff out of metal. Uh, and, you know, my first bank sticks were, you know, made by myself which are pretty shocking i don't know where they are now hopefully scrapped but um and that's it and there's that spirit of you know making things and i'm still i'm still making stuff you know and i think that's lost so if everything's handed on a plate exactly yeah you, you, don't, you, uh, become, you, don't you stagnate you know mm -hmm. you stagnate as an angle where you stop thinking and i'll be honest with you i'd party to some guys you know i'm very lucky to know some guys who are forward thinkers you'll know, you'll know some yourself and some of the people you've heard on these podcasts have been amazing you know they're really forward thinkers they're they're trying to cause solutions um sorry not cause solutions they're trying to um you know create solutions for you know something they want to overcome but not not end there it's again you know peter springgate's eyes it's it's almost like it never ends you know it never ends and um and i i, I like meeting people like that you know, they're never going to stop. They don't just compromise. They don't just try another bag off the shelf. Yeah. And I think that's, I think you you guys foster that, you know. And to be honest, I haven't heard many podcasts. Um, you know, I don't there's know. Some, so. There's some good podcasts out there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure there are, but, I, you know, I, I don't really have much time. But I, I do kind of, I do like, you know, I got, I don't want to say excited, but I kind of do. I get excited. You know when that wee icon comes up on um, on Instagram <laughs> and yeah. you think, here we go, here's another podcast. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> it's just like, oh, what's he on about now? Um, you know, it's like, and I'm just hoping, okay, when's the next podcast coming? Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's that. And, and you will get a lot of that. And I understand you're busy. And I, you know, you know, I think um, you've built up a, you know, you've built up a good following. You know, people who want to listen to this sort of stuff. Yeah, we got some um, hardcore listeners. Yeah, and, and yeah, the one you got, you're going to be on the next one that goes live. How about that? Crikey! I know. Uh, 
do you think people want to listen to this sort of stuff I come yeah, out with? Yeah, I'm sure they will. I have no idea. I mean, I don't know if people will listen to, to just me on my own, but I'm sure someone will. Well, you, you, do, you, do you think there's a following for Pete, you know, like an underground following? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. You think they've got T-shirts? and I reckon Pete's the favourite for sure. Yeah. You think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's he's like the straight man. I don't mean anything. I don't. I'm not implying no. anything, Sam. <laughs> um, yeah. I just mean he's like um, the Ernie Wise to your Eric Farkham. <laughs> I don't know who they are, but yeah, he's very <laughs> straight. Have you never had you never had the Markham and Wise? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. Well, that's well, Eric. No, wait a minute, Eric Markham. That's you. You're the kind of like the the comedy guy. You know, you yeah. know the the one that pushes that a wee bit in, and he was like. People probably hate me for this. He was like the Ernie Wise, the straight man. You know, he set up the jokes and kept order. He's the super ego to your head. You right, know, yeah, in psychological yeah. terms. You know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think people enjoy it because it's it's ordinary anglers who are just like them. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and we could associate with you guys. You know, mm. I mean, when it go, do you know what? The best thing is it's when it goes wrong or when you forget about what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's we like, leave it in as well. It's like, yeah, it's and it's like <laughs> listening. It's like listening to somebody, you know, being, you know, like almost like recording somebody sitting in front of the bivy talking about hold and nonsense, mm -hmm. you know. And there's just no, there's no sides to it. You're not trying to, you know, you're not trying to do anything that, you know, you're not trying to promote anything. There's no hidden agenda, you know. It's almost like, well, we do these flavors, but if you want to buy them, you can buy them, and if you don't, well. We're okay with that. We're still going to do them anyway. Of course, it's, yeah, yeah. It's great, you know. Um, ghost stories would be good. You're very kind. You're very kind. I appreciate ah. your words. Ghost stories. Yeah, well, we did one. We we did an episode like that. What was that? Was that one? Was that one about the rabbits on the path? Was that that one? Was that rabbits? Was that not oh. rabbits? Do you know your memory is terrible? Dead, I remember. I know, dead, I know the more dead about rabbits. your podcast than you do. You're yeah, meant you to probably do. That. You probably do. Yeah, I think it was. Um, it was a Halloween special. Not yeah, last that's year. I think right. it was a year before. Yeah, it's old. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's right. Um, yeah, ghost stories be quite nice and get people to follow the ghost stories. There's a great thread on the um, on the cart forum about ghost stories. I don't know if have you have you looked at the cart forum. Uh, yeah, I, I dabble. It's... <laughs> I don't want my life consumed with, you know. Yeah, I, prefer, I know. I, know. I prefer, you know, I, I go up to my garage where I get peace, and I put on, um, I put on, I've got my bait making soundtrack, so it's usually like Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, and um, and I put that on. I always start off with the same song, and I, I make bait to that and sing along, and and that's what I do, and that's kind of my happiness, and mm. and try to cut down on screen time or. Um, or if there's, or if there's a new podcast comes out, I'll put that on or, or something like that. But yeah, yeah generally, I'll come up here and look at some books. Or, or I'm thinking of making bait. Or I'm making um, I'm making some other stuff. Or I'm doing what I do, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and it's that sort of thing. It's you know, it's nice. But yeah, the, the I remember there was a, a ghost story one on. I think it was on maybe the old school. You know, the old school cat one on Facebook. The old school cat. Oh, the 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 group. Yeah, yeah, old school campers. I'm sure there was a ghost story one, and this guy had put up um, this guy had put up photographs, and there's this guy there's this thing standing in the background. Oh, incredible! You know, I, 
Is this the old school Clap Society group? Yeah, that's right. I think there's a guy called Paul Clap that runs it. Paul, I'm really nice. I've corresponded with him as well. Do you know what? Do you know what? See if we've catfished. I've met some correspond. Maybe never meet them, you know. But I've corresponded with some wonderful guys out there. Um, you know, um, I talked to a guy called Jim. I think you spoke to Jim quite a lot um, about bait. Jim lives in Cambridgeshire. Um, about bait. Right. Jim. Jim. What is it? Jim Watcher. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Jim. Um, you know, and but uh, yeah, this this old school school card group thing, you know, and these these this guy put up the photographs and there was nobody there, but this this guy appeared in the photograph, this this thing. Oh, incredible, love that sort of stuff. I'll have to try and find that. Yeah, yeah but, but you don't to... want to see that before you go to a remote location on your own. Because <laughs> I what, what was the post if people want to find that? Because we'll get oh. messages about this. Oh, do you know what? I would I would have to look for it. It was just something that I remembered. But they were putting up all sorts of different stories, and it's the usual one, you know. I, you know, I came out in Bivy, and there was an old guy standing there. So we spoke about ages about how the lake was formed, and I turned around and he was gone. You know, it was one of these things. And you wow. think, oh, you know, it's it's that sort of stuff you get. I mean, I think all I've had is I woke up a few times during the night and felt it's almost like felt somebody pushing down onto my sleeping bag, and I could not move. Yeah, it's, that's a uh, like a scientific, like it's a yeah, phenomenon, isn't it? Yeah, it's sleep paralysis. And yeah, what happens? It's something, it, it, it's something we've, all, we've gone full circle and back to school psychology now. And mm. um, what happens when we move into REM sleep, when you know, most of our dreaming is done, mm. our, um, our muscles paralyze and that's to stop us acting out. Um, like say, but say you you're dreaming that you can fly. Of course, yeah, yeah, that's the same. Right? So it's a form of sleep paralysis as well. But I've I've woke up and I and I know I've been conscious, but I felt something pushing down on me, and I've also kind of been conscious that my bed chair's pushed all the way forward. I think I must have been dreaming that, but I haven't really. And I don't want any paranormal experiences. You know, I really don't want that because I'm mostly out on my own, away out in the wilds. You know, of course, where, yeah. where, no. where who knows. Uh, locks chasing those monsters hmm. when uh yeah who knows um and even some little locks you know there's some we've got some beautiful locks that we fish um but not enough of them and that's it's just it's it's you know it's a political thing it's just down to scottish anglers recognizing the value of carp and um and, and coarse fishing in general you know there's a massive falling in scotland you know, it's, hmm. you know there's a lot of interest in it um Whereas at one point you would know most carp anglers in Scotland, but not now. Yeah. It is definitely getting bigger. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. And then it isn't. You know, it's strange. It could be a lot of interest over lockdown. We had people who had never fished with carp wanting to come and fish our waters. Yes. Really, mm. you know, oh, fancy. And they've been watching, they've been watching the TV, you know, carp fishing on it. You know, mm. who'd, who'd have thought, Sam? I know. Carp, carp fishing would have been on Saturday night TV. Incredible. Incredible. Um, yeah. I know it's it's amazing, but people seeing that now they come and fish one of our waters. Yeah, I know. And, that's and, the you know, thing. and we and we yeah. have lovely waters and they're there for the taking, but they're highly challenging. And um, you know, and they think it's oh I'll just gotta cast out one of these baits and these one of these round things and yeah, I'll just be laughing and a bucket of water will be thrown on me for my personal best, you know. It's mm. nothing like you know, it's nothing like that. Yeah. Do you know what they should show a show on Saturday night? Peter Springgate's eyes. Yeah, there we go. Back to the eyes. That's what it's all about. 
Listen, Sam, thank right. you very much. I have thoroughly welcome. enjoyed and, and do you know what? It's lovely to speak to you at last, actually. It's good to chat you to know, you. Yeah, we messaged numerous times, yeah, I know. haven't we? I will, we'll, uh, I, will I will be back to corresponding with you soon, okay? No doubt. Yeah, we'll and, chat uh, soon. And you take, take care. Easy, I, look buddy. To, yeah, I look forward to the podcast. And I might tell you that joke one day about Sean. Yeah, yeah, you do that. <laughs> okay. Right. Take care, buddy. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye. Good Bye. night.